Hey guys, I'm Heather and I'm the oldest. She's the emotional one. Is it Bruce Dickinson? <laughs> Man, why the. Why, I mean, like, you haven't even read the list. You're like, Heather. Hey guys, I'm Ben. I'm the middle child. And he's the practical one. What I, what I need you to understand <laughs> is that you have lost all credibility when we get to the cutting stage. Why? Kenny Chesney was your second pick. I'm Beth, and I'm the baby. She's also the swing vote. My picks are great. And and if you don't believe it, just ask me. I won't argue with you because I'm mature. Together, we make the Music List Podcast. Welcome back to the Music List Podcast. We are siblings that argue while making music lists. That's the stick. That's what we do. Uh, I'm Ben. With me are my sisters, Beth and Heather. And special guest this time, our producer, Sean, is going to be with us because this particular category is so important, he had to make sure we got this right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Why, why is it so important? And why is it so important? The past because best album of the last fifty yeah. years. Because he's about to turn fifty years old, and he likes <laughs> to kick, and stretch, and kick. He's fifty. <laughs> Stole my thunder. I'm Sally O'Malley. Stole my thunder. Oh, so, I'm sorry. So first of all, I mean, it, it's really exciting because I mean, he's been. A part of every single podcast episode, yep. mm-hmm. and uh, he is maybe the most musical, knowledgeable person in the room. And uh, I've, I've so, been around you three. No, not even close. <laughs> you guys got a master class. So this is. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, to have his expertise on this particular issue because this is one that is. One of the big ones. You know, we talk sometimes about these big categories, the most important categories, the best vocalist in this genre, the 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 best song in this genre of this decade or whatever. Those are big, hard questions. The best rock albums since 1973, the last 50 years, Ugh. that's a bit of a booger bear. 50 years. You know, and so um, that... That dates us back, like we said, to 1973. And so I can tell you that, like, with each album that was on my list and I was going through this, some of them are on there for different reasons. Some of them are on there just because of the sheer number of great hits that are on there. Some of them are on there because maybe they only had three singles or four singles, but the songs that weren't singles were phenomenal. Some of them, and, like, I'm a real big proponent of the album. One of the things I don't like about the current music industry is that a lot of people are releasing just a single here, a single there. And I think that there's an art form to creating an album from start to finish so that it it makes sense. It flows from one song to the next. And if you can put together 45 minutes of music that kind of flows, there's an art to that, even if they're not all going to be hits. And those songs that are not, you know, some of them are not filler songs. Some of them are a band's opportunity to say, we're not going to be, we know this is not going to be a single, but this is a chance for us to get creative. This is a chance for us to showcase some things and to do some things that we wouldn't normally do because maybe it's not perfect for the radio. It doesn't fit that radio formula, but we're more than just a radio formula. So some of them have some of, some of that involved in them as well. But I'm interested to kind of know 
when you were making your list, did you have some criteria that you were looking for? I just went, if there were a lot of albums that I just, I moved in and out of my top three and because of the overall effectiveness of, of the album, some, some songs weren't even released as singles. I, I tend to like some of the deep cuts a lot of times on albums and I just kind of went with the album as a whole. If every single song was just, you know, top notch, then I would I would tend to move an album up in my list, even if my some of my favorite songs or singles, you know, um <clears throat> were lower down. So um I just went on the overall, you know, can I listen to the and most of these that made, especially the ones that that were in my like my top three or four, I've listened to so many times that without hesitation, I can tell you exactly go. I can just go into the next song before it because I've, I've just listened to them that many times, and so every single song I know. Beth, um, kind of in that. Um generation i guess that we don't really listen or we, music was not provided to us necessarily in the same way for a lot of the time so like we could buy cds but you know most of the time we're putting those on a shuffle or something like that my generation i don't feel that we listen to albums as a whole like in order as probably the artist intended for you to um so i don't look at an album as much from start to finish, just kind of as a compilation of songs and do I like a lot of these songs, period. Um, and so when I was looking, I wanted them to have, you know, a handful of great songs that came off of it. Um, I think that the first, the top half of my list is um, probably going to be more agreeable <laughs> to everybody. And then the second half of my list where I felt like probably I wouldn't get that deep down there's albums that I I do listen to the whole thing. I know the album very well, um, and I wanted to be able to point that out. Just say like, hey, this is a great album. When we go down our our big lists, mm-hmm. because I knew that you guys there, it's not the same style of rock because rock is broad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you've got like punk rock, you've got metal, you've got hard, you got soft rock, you got pop rock to an extent so it's this is a very broad range and i grew up in the era of punk pop you know Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so that does influence the second half of my list a little bit um but yeah so i'm i'm probably not looking at it um in the same order that you all are, but I think we'll still probably have some overlap in our top. You were one hundred percent a CD generation kid. Yeah, I only had so maybe three or four cassettes. You could just skip yeah. the song, yes. whereas we could fast forward and rewind a cassette. Yeah, it was yeah. but it to get it timed just exactly right, it was easy. You would spend more time mm-hmm. going back and forth than just to listen to the song that you may yeah. like to skip. Yeah, as far so. as cassette tapes, I can recall. I mean, I had some, but they were like kid, you know, kids' music of you know, like have patience, have patience, <laughs> stuff like that. But like, as far as recording artists, I can recall owning three cassette tapes, and then everything else I have from yeah. there on is CDs or downloaded. Yeah, I guess music. you know, I I, I kind of bridged the gap there. I mean, 
you know, I was buying albums and, you know, I say albums, I was buying cassette tapes until I was about 12 years old. And then, yeah, then it was CD time from from yeah. there. But, and really on on vinyl or on cassette, you're right. There is an art to it. It's it's very similar to making a set list yeah. for a right. live show. So the way that they place these songs on the albums Are is, is very important yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and well thought out. Yeah. So. Sean, what about you? Oh, mine is uh, a lot less intuitive and a lot less thoughtful. Um, <laughs> I just like what I like. Do I like I, it? I like what I like. No, for me, rock and roll has to have has to include three things: a a major guitar factor, a bass player, and a drummer. It can have keys. It can have piano. It can have a a, a rhythm guitar player. It can have a, a horn section. But if it doesn't have those three things and it doesn't doesn't fit into that three uh, a melody, a bass line, and a and a beat, it doesn't qualify for me. Um, and I, like Beth said, when you get to the bottom of my list, it's all pure what I want to honestly what I want to influence people to listen to because it's not it's not uh, it's not stuff that uh, is going to make any list that you're ever going to find on the internet. Uh, and also for it to make my list, I have to have uh, literally listened and know every song on that right. album. There was no, there's not an album that I put down that I haven't listened to the entire album many times. Whether it was on literal vinyl, there uh, were eight track. I've had some eight tracks. That's how old I am. Uh, eight tracks, cassettes, CDs, LimeWire. Like Beth said, it didn't matter. Oh, LimeWire, LimeWire, and Lime Napster. Oh. Yeah. I never did Napster. I did LimeWire yeah. Lime and WinMX. Yeah, I LimeWired yeah, so Winamax, much that they right? sent me yeah. a message yeah. to stop. You get a uh, cease and desist. I sure did. <laughs> and, and now I'm I'm uh, I'm a I'm a slave to the 45 different things that I pay a subscription to and have yeah. 45 right. music services. But right. uh, if it didn't have those three things, it was out on me, and that's uh, it's a personal choice, and I get it. But and, that's that's what it is. You brought up an interesting thing about. The, the list, nobody's list. So I always like to double check my list with the quote unquote expert lists. Mm, and yeah. they did not jive at all. Yeah, mine didn't either. And really. I was like, you know what, though? Okay, I'm going to stick to my list because it's, you know, it's my list, right. you know, and I don't have to, I don't have to agree. But I mean, there was like some albums on there that I, that I just was thinking, is this really one of the top three or four rock and roll albums since 1973? Or are we putting it on there? I think a lot of times some of these we've talked about, especially with Rolling Stone magazine, I think they like to be too academic about things and not just, is it a dang good song or a dang good album? And, you know, I think that they... They try to bring in like cultural this and all these other kind of things, and it's yeah. just, they get it a, the hipster vibe sometimes. Like, it, oh, we exactly yeah. this exactly. is because yeah. you know everybody else doesn't think it's cool. It's a surprise. Right. Some pick. of these are going to get yeah. Joni Mitchell. I do believe yeah. some of these albums that don't make maybe yeah. of our list. You yeah, know? and maybe. you know, and I, I hate myself sometimes <laughs> because like every you know every expert says I really should like this album, and I'm like, but it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Right. There's so. one that that I will be surprised if it's on any of our lists, but I bet it's top three on most on most lists. So I bet I know which one it is, and we'll talk about that oh, afterwards. Okay. So okay. Um, the way that the draft order will go in this round is it happens to be ladies first. Uh, Beth and Heather will be drafting one and two, then Sean, then me. 
Um, and then in round two, we'll reverse that order. Then it'll be, be, be me, Sean, Heather, Beth. And then it'll, round three will be Beth, Heather, Sean. And then I'll finish it up with the last pick. So, wow, here we go. No <laughs> pressure, Beth. Yeah. But you are selected to pick the, <laughs> the very best album in the last 50 years. Okay. Well, I feel good about it. Nope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have drafted Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Um, It's their 11th studio album. Um, It was recorded in the aftermath of some breakups and under the influence of heavy drug use, which shaped the album. Um, So the singles on this, Go Your Own Way, Dreams, Don't Stop, You Make Loving Fun, um, and all of those reached the top 10 in the U.S., some other great songs that are also well known never going back again songbird which is a great song the chain which is one of their most interesting musically songs that i think they've ever released um i don't want to know gold dust woman and then on some pressing silver springs has been included um so i mean this is just a killer no skip album um so it's widely considered their best album it sold over 10 million copies within just a month of its release um it's the sixth best-selling album of the 70s and the ninth best-selling album of all time it reached 21 times platinum in the u.s um and um it's on you know many of those greatest album lists um and (laughs) stevie nicks said that fleetwood mac created their best music when in the worst shape and uh, the recording studio owners, one of them said it was excess at, the, at its most excessive, their recording of this. Um, they would take over the studio for long and extremely expensive sessions, and the band would come in at 7 at night, have a big feast, party till like two, 1 or 2 in the a.m., when they would, he said they were so whacked out they couldn't do anything, and then they'd start recording. <laughs> and so, like, they come, like, if that's the shape they were in, and they come up with what we're hearing in that condition like that's more impressive to me than if they were stone cold sober you know um it's been referred to as one of the essential albums of the 20th century one of the greatest albums of all time an album you must hear before you die Um, it's built around a mix of electric and acoustic instrumentation a variety of instruments used on here organ congas maracas clarinet or clavinet sorry 12 string guitar harpsichord dobro um great vocal harmonies that have been super influential um and I think this is just one of the greatest albums of all time, not just the last 50 years. True. I agree. But I do have just, I have images of just like Scarface. Yes. Big mounds of cocaine. That's what they described it as. <laughs> they were, I mean, apparently it was a real party. To me, it's not as amazing that they, that they were able to produce the music in an altered mental state or whatever to me because i mean that happens a lot like we know Jimi hendrix did some of his best work on acid right <laughs> yeah we, we know that that the beatles wrote some of their most famous songs while they were tripped out <laughs> so i mean there is maybe something that creates a creative gateway to something <laughs> i don't know but True. what to Expand me your mind. what makes this album amazing is that they hated each other at oh, yeah. this time it is hard you know, we talk about, like, in sports, we talk about team chemistry. It's got to be there. If it's not there, it doesn't matter how good your individual pieces are. If the chemistry's not there, you're going to suck. Yeah. Right? And it's that way with musical ensembles mm-hmm. almost all the time. But this is a glaring exception 
to the rule because not only were they not getting along, these songs were pointed at each other. Yeah, had them to, to throw jabs. Two simultaneous breakups. Yeah, and had the McVees split up at this point? They were splitting up, I believe, at the time. And then you know, then you're hooking up. Yeah, with other people in the band, and yeah, it's so what a mess. It's a lot to me. That backstory makes this album the context mm-hmm. just makes yeah. it like yeah like how how did they pull it off and it carried it carried on cuz if you watch the like the 1997 you know um the dance and Stevie Nicks singing Silver Springs, looking straight at to, to Lindsay Buckingham. It's awkward because you feel I like mean, you're watching something you shouldn't the, be watching. She's the, a bad the, chick, the, though. The, really, the yeah. rift between between Don Felder and and Glenn Fry broke up the Eagles, and they weren't even a couple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's do, like do be like wow. that. All right, I'll say that is the literal most played album in this household from. From front to back, we're yeah. probably going to have to buy a new copy at yeah. some point. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it gets played a front lot. to back a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and and sometimes I put it on. I mean, it's it's just that good. Yeah. It really yeah, it is. is. And Heather knows I make fun of Fleetwood Mac a lot. I call them, <laughs> I call them a folk band. You know. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, there, there's actually some, some jamming tunes. Jam and jam. It's a little jam. It's not all. It's not all folk music in this particular <laughs> no. album. We've we've seen them twice or three times. I don't remember. And up close, both times. And and the band as a whole musically is insane. Uh, Mick Fleetwood is a severely underrated drummer. Uh, John McVie, one of the best bass players mm-hmm. to ever grace the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I forgot his name. Lindsey Buckingham. Lindsey Buckingham. His guitar solo. It is, is one you have to see to believe. It's they're they're that good. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. Heather, you get the next pick. Okay, my I I was able to pick my number one pick. Rumors was very high up in my list, but my number one pick is the biggest selling debut album of all time. It is Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> 1987. In the midst of Poison, Motley Crue, Def Def Leppard, all these hair bands coming out. And Guns N' Roses has never fit into that. It never fit into that mold there. You know, it's not a lot of makeup. It's not a lot of spandex. There is some spandex, you know, to be had. Um, But it's... 
incorporated punk, glam, metal, blues. Um, and then you've got you've got Duff's groove that he lays down. And then Slash's solos, who I am a big fan of Slash's guitar solos because I'm a singer, I think, and they're so lyrical. Yep. Um, Axel's delivery. And then, to me, and I think a lot of people would agree, Izzy is the secret sauce of that band. His guitar, his rhythm guitar. 100%. Yeah. So, um, interestingly, uh, Mutt Lang and Paul Stanley were considered to produce this album. (laughs) Mutt Lang, uh, who at the time was, you know, producing all of these rock acts, he was too expensive. (laughs) And um, Paul Stanley wanted to change Adler's drum kit. Stephen Adler's drum kit, and he didn't want to do that, so they didn't go with Paul Stanley. Um, it uh, was not well received by American critics. They said it was too sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's exactly what it is. Which is hilarious because that's what a lot of glam metal was, also. So it's like, you're, yeah, you're cool just, with that, but it not. It just wasn't as wrapped up in right, yeah. maybe as pretty a package. Sure. Um, it is number 62 on the Rolling Stones' 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. It's the number one essential hard rock album by Kerrang. <laughs> but anyway, they agreed with me, so I put them on there. Sounds legit. Um, yeah. Isn't the internet. Is that a peer-reviewed it's source? It's, okay. <laughs> it's number two on Guitar World's 100 Greatest Guitar Albums of All Time. And number 32 on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the definitive 200 albums list. Um something interesting there's two sides and instead of labeled a and b they're labeled g and r (laughs) and the g side first six tracks deal with drugs hard life in the big city um and the r side deals with love sex and relationships so it's it's like you know like we talked about earlier there's a a very well thought out way they they put them on there so the singles that they that they put out. One source said they put out "It's So Easy" and "Mr. Brownstone." Those were they cannot be. There's singles. no way There's they no released way those as singles on the radio. There's no chance. <laughs> uh, but "Welcome to the Jungle," "Sweet Child of Mine," "Paradise City," "Night Train," and then um, now, like I will say, I, "Mr. Brownstone" is my favorite song on the. Yeah, possibly mine too. Night Train was um, a single. That's what they said. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that but, either. Um, I can see where Night Train could possibly be a single, but out. Um, it's, it's so not easy. Cheap one. There's no way. Yeah, it's like two ninety nine. Yeah. Um, Better brass monkey. <laughs> um, and then so on the on the G side, it's Welcome to the Jungle. It's so easy. Night Train. Out to get me. Mr. Brownstone and Paradise City. That's salty. Crazy. <laughs> On the R side is my Michelle. Think about you. Sweet child of mine. You're crazy. Which I love. Yeah. Anything goes and Rocket Queen. Rock it's also said that Rocket Queen might there's no way Rocket Queen could have been played on the radio either. I wouldn't think so. They rarely <laughs> played it live. When they when I was doing research for this and they were talking about the personnel on the album, they did talk about Did the, they give the her girl. credit? She says she's uncredited on the album, but on Wikipedia she is oh, okay. credited <laughs> with doing background vocals. Um the story goes that um, Axel called in this Adriana something. She was Stephen Adler's girlfriend. Right. Yeah. And they 
um, had a moment of intense fellowship in the in the control room, <laughs> apparently. Wow. And um, he hit record and recorded um, their good time, like unbeknownst to them. I don't know. If, I don't know if she knew or not. But then mm. um, it is. It is well. It was unknown to Stephen Adler. <laughs> but um, then, so he includes it on Rocket Queen. Yeah, wow. Well. And so, then they get a hit album, and Stephen Adler's got to listen to his girlfriend hooking up with him. Yeah, but he, he didn't listen to it much. He was so well, coked out of yeah, his mind so, and heroin. Um, I can't tell you how influential this album is on probably every kid my age. It... It broke it broke the mold, and it sent a, a lot of people call them like an Aerosmith knockoff, you know, and and mm. they got accused of that. Mm. And I can see where the bluesy aspect of it, but there and, was a visceral component to Guns and Roses that Aerosmith never had, though. Right, right, and and Axel the the similar. I mean, Axel Rose had or has. I don't. Well, I don't know if he's. He probably still doesn't have it. But his vocal range is ridiculous. Yeah. Second, I think to Freddie Mercury. I think is what I've read. And oh, it's like literally the range. Literally right. the range Recorded. of his. Okay. I mean, of his actual. Mm-hmm. You know, note to note. Gotcha. Range. Um. Slash. Is, for one, he's so freaking smart. Yeah. He's so smart. And I think that plays in. Duff is very, is very smart and very, so, so, so much of a good songwriter, you know. And then Izzy's musical sensibilities, his rhythm sensibilities are, are just crazy. And, and that's the sound of Guns N' Roses. You, you, you can't, I've never heard anybody be able to recreate that sound and it holds up. It's that was 1987, so we're 30, 35 years later, and it still is just. Yeah, and no, I mean, I, honestly, it's a it's a shame that, I mean, they couldn't. That was a bunch of people that were never going to stay together forever. I mean, just because of their personalities, it was never going to last. You know what I mean? I mean, no, just, there are yeah. too many explosive personalities there. Too much drug abuse, you know, <laughs> and mixed in with, with those explosive personalities. It was never going to last. But I feel like if Guns N' Roses had been able to moderate their behavior and their personalities, they may have saved rock and roll. Yeah. They may have been able to compete with the grunge era that came not long after them. Because they, they were gritty enough. They had that street toughness about them. You know, they did not seem fake. No. It seemed like they were legit. Right. Now, their subsequent albums kind of changed direction a yeah. little bit, but, like, they almost included November Rain on Appetite. But, you know, it but they didn't. Fit. It wouldn't It wouldn't have been a and good And so, um, anyway, I, I, can't, I can't tell you, as far as, as rock albums go, at, definitely of the past 50 years, I think feel like this deserves the top spot <laughs> i'm gonna say it right now it needs to be number one <laughs> <laughs> all right sean your pick all right well um i'm gonna have to apologize up front because the lawn mowing guy 
has just pulled up out front. <laughs> Agree. And on the one time that I'm on the yeah. actual podcast, we may get interrupted by weeding it. Um, but that's okay. Um, we'll edit it out Don't if we need to. Stay away from my crepe murder. Well, he's the crepe murderer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's this guy. <laughs> so, anyway. We're not listening to the podcast. <laughs> learns his <laughs> daggum lesson. And, all right. So, uh, this was actually, I don't know if it's appropriate to say, I've, I've been a part of this thing e for, for over a year. Um, <laughs> no. No. It, 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 <laughs> no. It, 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 not no, this episode. It wasn't my first uh, pick my, my 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 number one's already gone, but um, this is a very 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 close. And the more research I did on it, we might want to really think about this uh, here in a little while. Oh, he's but. coming to play. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> all right. Oh, oh it's a WWE it's soundtrack. The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my first pick, ACDC, Back in Black, released in 1980. Uh, it's a 42-minute-long album, which I get in the research, um, I never really put a time limit on the album. Like, I always thought, you know, all albums are an hour and something. Very few Very are few. an hour. Very yeah. few. Um, just the time goes by, and you just think you've been gone that long. But uh, the album starts with Hell's Bells. I mean, uh, it, it just it sets you in the mood for the entire album. It's slow. It's ominous. Uh, you've got that new voice fixing to come that nobody's ever heard before. Uh, bon Scott has just passed away. Yeah. And everybody's a little uh, a little hesitant to uh, believe it and uh, or to, to, to get behind it. But then, man, when he... When he comes in here, is that the lawnmower guy? <laughs> I'm just distracted by the fact that this woman has her baby on the lawnmower. <laughs> it's not it's not relevant to the listeners, but <laughs> well, I heard I heard cheap, not good. Yeah. Oh. I heard cheap, not good. Okay. Anyway, that might get yeah, edited really out. They listen to the podcast. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and in my opinion, listen, I love the Bon Scott era. Brian Johnson is is a different person. It's a different different band with him. Uh, this was produced by Mutt Lang, which what was it produced by Mutt Lang? Uh, Mutt Lang is actually the one that bought, brought Brian Johnson to them. Uh, he's the one that suggested they give him a uh, give him a try. Pardon my voice, guys. Uh, the Black Album. The Black Album art is is a, is mourning for Bon Scott. That's why they just did the, the Black Album on the front. Uh, in 2019, it was recertified 25 times platinum, which makes it the 20 or excuse me the fourth best-selling album in the U.S. and the best-selling album that has never reached the top spot. Oh wow! Uh, which I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and earlier I said. I know every song on the entire album. Uh, I can go down the list and read you the track list. There's probably one, one song on this entire album that you probably don't know, and I'm guessing you know Shake a Leg. Well, I've listened to the album over and over. Over, but Shake (laughs) a Leg is probably literally the only one that doesn't wind up on the radio. Yeah. Out of the ten songs, nine of them are on the radio constantly. Yeah, it's so good. Um, Uh. I won't play uh, play two songs on mine because I'm too busy working this board over here. Um, 
When this album was released, the band's previous three albums, Highway to Hell, If You Want Blood, You Got It, and Let There Be Rock, all re-entered the charts because of the release of this one. And it was the first band, or excuse me, the second band in history to ever have four albums on the top 200. Who was the first? Beatles. Beatles. So, I don't know how you get much better than that. And uh, like I said, that was Check that out, Taylor Swift. That, that, well, <laughs> that may be that's different That's what's happening now. now. I mean, yeah, yeah, I was like, well, yeah, she No, that's what she's that doing. claim to fame now. Yeah, that's yeah. what she's doing, yeah. So, uh, but uh, it's kind of hard to beat this album. And then, as, and big shoes to fill. As yeah. uh, as sports fans, I mean, it, it's an anthem oh, yeah. mecca, you know. Of, I mean, you hear Hell's Bells all the time mm-hmm. in stadiums. You hear Shoot to Thrill all the time. Instead, you hear Back, Back in, in Black, Black all the time. time. So, I mean, it yeah. is, and I think it is. It just tells you their attitude about the afterlife and all these. <laughs> you know, you have, you have your really super popular lead singer passes away your first track coming back is hell's bells <laughs> yeah you know it's yeah. it's like that's the first track on your with your with Y'all your new vocalist on. so uh, that's a uh, that's acdc in a nutshell Think about acdc you cannot it is i defy you to get in a car and not Speed when you are listening to ACDC. You yeah, can't do yeah. it. You can't it's do it's problematic. <laughs> it's problematic. <laughs> you can't. Well, do and everybody's also always like, well, ACDC sounds like ACDC. The next song just sounds like the same. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, because it's good. And, and <laughs> a lot of bands get that, get that moniker. Uh, one in particular is like Godsmack. Every album kind of sounds the same. Well, it's the same people singing the same stuff. I mean, yeah. it's they have their sound. ACDC's just happens to sound better than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pure rock. That's all yeah, it is. I mean, there's it's they blues don't rock. They don't yeah. yeah. They don't they don't mess around. They know what their formula is, and they just they do it better than just about anybody. Yeah, really. Okay, so it's it's my pick. I get the last pick of the first round, and I went with an album that I think all of us really really enjoy. And that is Hotel California yes. by the Eagles. And I did not select the title track yeah. to lead off with. I love this one. Two of my favorite songs by the Eagles are probably Victim of Love and Wasted Time. Those yeah, are probably yeah. my two favorite songs. Yeah. And what uh, what's great about this album is it really showcases everything the Eagles can do. Right. Can you one of the one of the big I guess knocks on the Eagles leading up to this point is it's country rock. It's not really rock. Okay, well we'll give you victim of love and we'll give you life in the fast lane. We'll show you that we right, can be rock and right. roll. Okay. We'll we can play some softer rock. We'll do Hotel California and we'll we'll do Pretty Maids all in a row and we'll do, you know, all these great great um we'll do new kid in town you know yeah. we'll still do all this stuff but we're going to show you that we're more than a one-trick pony and of course you're adding joe walsh to the mix right. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. certainly that certainly gave him some some bona fides um 
this was uh, and and this is this is not going to be helpful for my case. Uh, it lost album of the year to Rumors. Oh, oh wow! But it sold more albums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so the people voted uh, separately. In fact, um, Hotel California is. Interestingly enough, their second most selling album, Greatest Hits Volume 2, is number one for them. But on the best selling albums of all time list, the Eagles, you talk about a group that has silently sold a lot of albums. It's the Eagles, right? Number five is their greatest hits album. Number seven most selling album of all time is Hotel California. And if you go just by certified coffee copies, not claim sales, they actually move up the mm-hmm. list a couple of spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so 31.8 million certified copies of Hotel California sold. And to put that in perspective, like the dark side of the moon has 24.8 certified. Yeah. Whitney Houston, The Bodyguard, which huge album, only 28. ACDC, Back in Black, which is considered the second most selling album of all time we've mm-hmm. talked about, with claim sales 50. Certified, they've only sold, I say only, yeah. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> certified sales are 30.1 million. So the Eagles have, sold, have more certified sales than that. Only Michael Jackson has more, and Thriller has more certified albums sold than um, the Eagles' either greatest hits, 71. I'm sorry, that's that's volume one, actually. Um, or or Hotel California. Um, this is just a fantastic album. We talk about, for me, what got this song, what got this, this album on the list is every single song is amazing. Everyone. Every single song top to bottom is amazing and so like even like when when they put together the hell freezes over album mm-hmm. the songs that weren't singles were put on there pretty maids all in a row right. was put on there um the last resort was put on there mm. and it this is another thing that i really liked about this album is that henley said that it is a concept album there's no way around it right. it is a concept album we're talking about Excess. We're talking about consumerism. We're talking about, and, and he said, we felt like we needed to because we were the Eagles. And we were. this was on the bicentennial of the nation's birthday, 1776, uh, obviously. This was released in 1976. He said, we felt it was a duty as the <laughs> Eagles to do an album about America's place in the world. And so to, to kind of be able, he, yeah, he said, this is a concept album. There's no way to hide it. It's not, but it's not set in the old west because so many concept albums have this cowboy yeah. stuff to it. Um, and so he, he, but he wanted to use, uh, they wanted to use California as a microcosm of of the whole United States. Um, it's just a fantastic, and it, it's almost they are almost complete because I do think their best lineup is the long run lineup when they add mm-hmm. Timothy B. Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a daggum shame they only did one album with that lineup. I mean, because Timothy B. Schmidt added yeah. an entirely yeah. different dimension to them vocally that they didn't yeah. have before. Um, so I think that's their best lineup. But this is, I think, easily their best album. I mean, just the track list is absolutely incredible. Hotel California, New Kid in Town, Life in the Fast Lane, Wasted Time. That's side one. Right. <laughs> 
Right. And then you yeah. get victim of love, pretty maids all in a row, try and love again, which if there is a weak link, that would be it. But then you finish with the last resort. Oh, my gosh. That's and so it's just the thoughtfulness. And that's one of the things I've always loved about the Eagles, the thoughtfulness in the words that they say in their songs. Mm-hmm. And then their harmonies are just as good as any rock and roll band that has ever. I mean, we can talk about the Bee Gees and we can talk about some of these groups, but I would say yeah. that the Eagles are so tight. And we've talked about it. We've all seen them live. Mm-hmm. They're just as good in an arena oh, or absolutely. in a stadium than as they are in the studio. We just saw them in November doing, they did the whole Hotel California album start to finish for the first set and then came back and played some songs off other albums but i mean it was i mean how long ago was that 1976 1976 48 years ago did did vince puzzle in well i mean he's an amazing singer you know i'm just wondering yeah i I was very you know because you know how i'm about the eagles Mm -hmm. um as you all are and i thought he was very respectful of the material. He did not try to sound like Vince Gill singing Eagle songs. He tried very much to put... And and they also brought Deacon Fry out to sing some of the songs that Glenn Fry had done. And if you close your eyes, man, really. Well, actually, if you open your eyes, he looks a lot like his dad, too. But... um, So I thought that was a really cool nod to him and just the respect for the material. And um, I thought it was great. Good. So... All right, so I think I get the first pick of the next. I really struggled with this because I felt like the best band of the 70s was Led Zeppelin. And so, actually, I feel like they're the best band of all time. Not the greatest band of all time. I think the Beatles are the greatest band of all time. But is there a band that has ever been put together. I'm t- you can put supergroups in this category that have the collection of talent mm. of a Robert Plant at vocal, a Jimmy Page at guitar, a John Bonham at drums, yeah. and, and Stevens at, at bass, or John, uh, Paul John Paul Jones at bass. And I just don't think a band like that has ever existed. Deep Purple's close, actually. <laughs> Deep Purple's mm-hmm. pretty good. The Who's right there. That's a personal choice. But I just I, I don't think individually got, I don't think they've got individually I don't think they've got the the stroke. I mean I don't think that. I mean like it, it's crazy there to have the four parts so strong and then to still be greater than the sum of your right. parts. Yeah, it's right. It it's lightning in a bottle. And yeah. so I really I really struggled with this pick because I was going back and forth between. Physical Graffiti and Houses of the Holy. Which one did you pick? I picked Physical Graffiti. Oh. Because this, my friends, is funk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's funk before <laughs> there was funk. Before, yeah. I love this song. And so one of the reasons I picked this album is because, number one, it's a double album. So we just talked. Most albums have about 40 to 45 minutes worth of content. 82 minutes of content, right? But more than that, 
this album, I think maybe more than any other Led Zeppelin album, highlights they can do everything. We can do blues. We can do rock and roll. We can do. We can create funk. We can any and and it has cashmere. It has, oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's a little lace yeah. in the hole right there, yeah. right? I was can, I was. <laughs> this was in contention for me. But it was a struggle album. because Houses of the Holy uh, yeah. is a phenomenal album. Yeah. I mean, they could both be top five greatest albums in the last fifty years. And as awesome as these two albums are, they still may not be better than Led Zeppelin two and four. Oh yeah, they just missed the time. <laughs> they just the weren't in the time. They weren't off, in the yeah. time cutoff. Um, so this is more than just a great collection of talent. This is an artistic masterpiece highlighting everything that one of the most diverse bands have ever been able to put together. Um, four sides, two, you know, double, you know, it's a double album. And, you know, you listen to it, there's not a weak link on the album. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's... There are songs that are not going to be on the radio, but a lot of that is because Led Zeppelin's going to say, you know what, we're going to do an eight-minute jam right here on the, in the studio. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do an 11-minute jam on the studio. And it's going to be awesome. And it's going to should be on the radio. But we know they don't play 11 minutes. We just don't care. But we're Led Zeppelin. But we're Led Zeppelin. So we're going to do an 11-minute awesome song that you can only hear if you buy the album. Right. <laughs> you know? And so that's... And that's one of the reasons I think people kind of gravitate to Led Zeppelin is because you can really get lost in their music because you have time to get lost in it. Right. You know, these three- and four-minute songs... I mean, a five-minute song is a long song. Yeah. But it's kind of... It's there and it's over and it's done. But with Led Zeppelin, you got time to get lost in it. Um, so yeah, I did struggle with this, but uh, I finally landed on on physical graffiti. Good choice. The next pick goes back to Sean. All right. Well, and this goes. I don't want this to be number one again, too. So <laughs> it just kind of is what it is. Um, my second pick is Metallica, Master of Puppets. And I'll hit play, and you'll have to pardon me. I'm trying to do three things at once. Uh, released March 3rd, 1986. Eight songs, 54 minutes. So almost an hour long out of eight songs. Right. This is kind of when Metallica decided they would do a little Dream Theater, which was before Dream Theater. Um, but Genesis, there's there's almost some prog rock in this album. Um, but there's three songs over eight minutes. Uh, it is their third studio album, uh, and it is the last with bassist Cliff Burton, who, uh, I, who uh, if you don't know, died tragically in a bus accident in September of 86. Uh, it's the third album in the first four studio albums um, uh, before the Black Album, um, which... A lot of metalheads and thrash metalheads, uh, thrash metal people, consider the Black Album kind of where Metallica died. Uh, I don't agree with that in any way, shape, or form, um, but it does. they do change uh, when the Black Album comes around. Uh, this album, starting with Battery, you heard the front of it. It sounds like Zorro's fixing to take on somebody with a classical guitar riff going on, and then you're getting, I mean, listen to this. 
how you go from Zorro to this, I don't know. Um, uh, but it just it ramps up in a way, and it's one of the best metal songs ever. Uh, one of my favorites off the album is actually Disposable Heroes. It's probably not a very well-known. Um, if you don't know, Lars kind of considers him, Lars the drummer, kind of considers himself to be great. Right. What? And, yeah. And there's there there's lots of you know and he, he is great. Trust me. I'm I'm not downplaying Lars at all. I can't do a third of the stuff he does. Uh, but when they were making this album, um, if you if you listen to it, there's tons of time changes. It's not four four. It's not two four. It's not it's not even three four. Um, Master of Puppets actually at one time the first opening half I think they've timed it at like 2132 I don't know how that's a time measure <laughs> but 2132 is what they come up with 44544 I don't know but that, that that's what they've come up with <laughs> they just, the music teacher in me is going uh, well, I, the math listen, ain't mathing <laughs> whatever it is but if you listen to it they catch you and there's did Lars tell you that no Lars did not tell me that it's 25 for um, um, and then there's uh, Leper Messiah which is a great song um, it sounds horrible and it sounds anti-Christian but it's actually a play on uh, televangelists Okay. And, and getting you to believe in their stick, and uh, and send them money. Uh, it's actually a pretty good song if you listen to it. That's a recurring theme for Metallica, actually, mm-hmm. throughout there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the track seven, Orion. There's not a lyric in it. It's over eight minutes. This this is, uh, and part of this was also at the time. <laughs> I, I mentioned Lars uh, thinks he's a great drummer. They didn't like the acoustics in America. So they went to Denmark, which is where he's from, to record over there. Lars took drum lessons just before this album, and uh, Kirk actually took lessons with Joe Satriani, which if you know who he is, guitar virtuoso. So you can kind of hear that influence, but Orion is a completely uh, vocalist, vocal, non-vocal track, uh, completely uh, done an instrument. And then if you, uh, fun fact, fun fact, it's time for a fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> so, Damage Inc., which is the last song, uh, is actually the only song on the entire album that gets the E. It's it's. There's not a cuss word in songs one through seven. Uh, there's no explicit language. Uh, there are a lot in Damage Inc., but it also mentions uh, one one of the lines in the first verses. Uh, uh, it's also a song that actually uses the word Razorback. Slamming through, don't F with Razorbacks. That's right. That's right. So Metallica hey. knows. So, yeah. Metallica Woo. knows. Pig. Send that uh, to the U of A. So uh, anyway, that's uh, it did spend 72 weeks on the Billboard 200. Uh, it was their first gold album. First, pardon me, first gold certification. Six times platinum in the U.S. alone. Uh, it was actually Thrash Metal Period's first platinum album, which, uh, uh, and fun fact number two, Robert Trujillo, the current bass player, says this is his favorite Metallica album. Nope. He looks fun. He does. <laughs> I, don't, it, it I is, like to watch him play. His, yeah. his, did you see his little kid, his, his kid, his son, yes. filled in for corn when he was like 12? <laughs> well, and wasn't it his, his kid who uh, recorded... Or did the some of the handwork on Stranger Things on the Master of Puppet solo was mm-hmm. it his son? Yep. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. So, because the actor naturally, he, he did some of it, but, like, when it's zooming in on the fretboard on the, like, real intense sections of, of the solo, yeah, it was his son who they recorded him actually doing the, the fretwork. Sweet. Heather? Okay. All right. Now, I might catch a little crap for this, but I don't really care. Cause it's a great, <laughs> cause it's a great album, Pre-empty and we have track. to, you know, it, you know that rock is a little bit of a of a boys club. It's a man's world, mm-hmm. but I chose Jagged Little Pill. Yes, ma'am. So from 1995. Now there are 12 tracks on this album. It did not Six. take to the last track to get the E on this particular no. album. <laughs> no. Because I think this was the title. This was the first track on the album. It was the first single, but it's not. Uh, it's the, the second song on the album. Second song. What's the first track? All I really want. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you better get that bass <laughs> booty. <laughs> so. Alanis Morissette, had, this is actually her third album, and her other two albums were very much dance poppy. She was a Canadian um, pop star. And so at 19, she moved to Toronto, and that's where she met Glenn Ballard, and they wrote this album. Hold on a second. Enjoy. Yeah, just Um, they had a goal, and and they 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 met this goal to write and record one song per day. So um, she basically did uh, at least on the vocal tracks, and she would use either the first or second take. I mean, so it's very raw, it's very um, organic. Um, so as of 2009, this is the last, you know, it had sold 33 million copies. It's one of the best-selling albums of all times, 15 million in the U.S. Um, it's now a Broadway musical, so I would assume that, you know, it, I, d- I don't people, recommend. Yeah, but I bet people went and bought the album, so I'm yes. sure it sold more than yes. that now. Just, just listen to the album. Yeah. Um, I saw it, him on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah. So sad. I'm, some things I wonder how they would translate, and this is one of those uh-huh. things. But yeah. um, nine Grammy nominations, and it won five, including Album of the Year. Also won Best Female Rock Performance, Best Rock Song, for you all to know, and Best Rock Album. It's number 69 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Um, so she inspired every rock female rock star after her and pop star um her voice is very unique it may not be um the prettiest voice out there but it is very honest and um so the track listing on this i mean like i say i one of my criteria was just is is every song a banger yes it is all i really want you ought to know Perfect, which is actually a great song, not a single. Hand in my pocket, 
right through you. Forgiven, which is also amazing. You learn head over feet. Mary Jane, ironic, not the doctor, and wake up. I mean, it is solid from start to finish. And so um, when I got it, I listened to it constantly. Um, And you ought to know it is, whoops, just hit a hit a thing, um, <laughs> is one of my favorite, really one of my favorite songs of all time, but certainly from a female artist. And if you are not familiar with this whole album, I highly recommend that you go familiarize so yourself. So this, this one had like, what, five or six singles off of it? Six, yes, six of them were released as singles. Out of that it. is a huge number of singles yeah. off yeah. one number, uh, yeah. off one album. I mean, it's usually like three, maybe four. Right. Pushing four is pushing it. And this this bad boy came out with six. She changed the game. Yeah, she really did for for female rock singers. So. And this was what? What year did you say this? This was, I, I was in high school. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I don't think. I don't even know if if college kids can <clears throat> that were in college at the time can appreciate. Just because I mean, college kids are busy. High school kids, they go home and they listen to the radio. <laughs> I don't think anybody but high school kids can appreciate just how often she was on the radio. <laughs> That's probably true. She was I on mean, MTV. It a was, lot. I mean, she was on the radio all the time. And Dave Navarro, by the way, played guitar on You Ought to Know, and um, Flea played bass, and then Taylor Hawkins was in her touring band. So she surrounded herself with greatness from mm-hmm. from the jump. Yep. Ready for the next pick? It is Ready? time for the next pick. Okay. Uh, my next pick uh, is In Your Honor by Foo Fighters. It's their fifth studio album. It's a double album. Disc one has their heavier songs. And disc two is mellower. has a lot of acoustic stuff. So a, a lot like... Um, physical graffiti they're showing a range um and i'll just hold on i love him yeah said I look at this album as kind of the end of one chapter and the beginning of something new with the rock record we finally got the aggressive anthemic thing down and with the acoustic album it offers some kind of look into the future of things we're capable of doing and the direction we could move if we wanted to and so he's like I'm Dave Grohl we're the Foo Fighters and we can do whatever the heck we want to do I want to be friends with him so bad yeah so I included (laughs) to listen I know he's so cool Um, so best of you is probably the best known song off that probably off the whole double Mm -hmm. album Um, but DOA, I freaking love that song. Um, but I also included for us to listen to Miracle off um, off of the second disc That's because it's, it's one of my favorites. Um, Was that because it's my birthday? No, but hmm. I do have something specifically for you later that that is that is in your honor. Ha 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 That is one of our songs from our wedding. Yeah. Oh, well, I think it's a great um, lullaby. Yeah, yeah. But he can do everything. And that thing ever long. Oh, 
but we still love you. If you want to see something to make you cry, watch. They, uh, they did this on David Letterman. Yeah. And David Letterman, in some way, shape, or form, had something to do with this song about his own son. Oh. And they perform it live on his show. He starts crying. Oh. I love this song. This is one of my favorite Foo Fighters. I love it. Um, Dave Grohl felt that after 10 years, they needed to break some new ground musically. Um, and he he had, like, played with the idea of writing a film score or whatever because he's Dave Grohl and he can do anything. And so he was, like, writing a bunch of music. And once he had a bunch of songs, he brought it to the band and was like, hey, this is different. What should we do? And they all kind of said, well, why can't we? Like, who's to say what we should sound like? Um, and so this actually has some great features on it. John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin, Nora Jones, um, Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age, who also, John Paul Jones, Josh, and Dave Grohl were um, them crooked vultures. They mm-hmm. formed a super group. So um, the tour included stadium shows and acoustic shows in smaller venues, um, which is really cool because by that point, you know, in 2005, they're huge. You know, and so to play a variety of of places, um, they came to Barnhill Arena in like 2010. <laughs> yeah, he said uh, he didn't he didn't want an only acoustic record because I have to have loud rock music in my life somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, he described it as um, the bottle and the hangover and my Jack and Coke record. Um, the acoustic record took two and a half weeks to record, and they spent over two months on the heavy album. And they got to the point, kind of like with Jacket Little Pill, they, they had spent so long on it, they were like, okay, we're finishing one song every day, and you're not leaving until it's mm-hmm. done. Um, he said that... Um, John Paul Jones appearing on the album was the second greatest thing to happen to him in his life behind his marriage, (laughs) (laughs) which was probably before he had his daughter. Um, And uh, he said he hoped the Foo Fighters were most remembered for this record. Um, He said, I'll I'll censor it because, as you know, Dave does not censor himself. He said, it's just the most effing kick A thing we've ever done. If someone (laughs) asked me which Zeppelin album to buy, I would tell them physical graffiti because it has such a wide dynamic and shows their range that the band had, and that's what we wanted to do with this album. So I was influenced by that. Um, so the singles, Best of You, DOA, Resolve, No Way Back, slash uh, Cold Day in the Sun. It has, um, yeah, which Miracle features John Paul Jones on piano. Yep. So I love Dave Grohl. I feel like Foo Fighters should be somewhere included in, our, in the draft. And there are a lot of great albums, really, that we could have chosen from, but um, I think this one... Kind of like being you picking your Led Zeppelin pick. It's it showcases the the range yeah. and the musical yeah. the musicality of the band. And you know you mentioned you know some of these <clears throat> bands. I mean, some of them their wheelhouse years are more than just 1973. I mean, you know, they, or they go through like 10 years, and mm-hmm. so there's multiple albums that mm-hmm. you want to select, and you're like, but do we want two of one band on it? Like, I mean, I could have very easily have gone like in my top five, I could have had houses of the holy and physical graffiti. And I don't think anybody would have balked that. Right. Right. You know, but I felt like I, you know, I really needed to choose one. Yeah. Me too. You know? Um, so, Oh, but yeah, this is, this is, I guess I get I, another pick. to me, this is the Foo Fighters seminal album. I mean, to me, this is the, the creme de la creme of their album, of a their, different one, but, I mean, it's yeah. hard, it like, it's but like I say, love it's double albums. I love double yeah. albums because it's you. They're forced to put a lot of time and thought 
into how are we going to fill 80 minutes worth of music? Yeah, yeah. You know, because you in, in a 45-minute album, you can have 20 minutes worth of good music, 25 minutes worth of bad music, and people will say, but for those three or four songs, <laughs> it's worth listening to the other five. Yeah, yeah. But you can't do that with 80 minutes. You can't you right. can't sell 80 minutes worth of music when only 20 of it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With 80, you almost have to have like 65. I mean, the the percentage yeah. goes up. Yeah. You yep. know, well, because because you, you you're you're having more filler. I'm so, gonna say it. I, I and and I'll I'll especially through the early through the 2000s, the Foo Fighters saved rock and roll. They held it down when there was a lot of stuff mm. coming out, and I think that what years fi- did you say? through the you know the late night well the, through the two thousands like the twenty tens? Uh, well, that depends on. I mean, I that's may, your that's your I, kind of rock. I, I mean, know, rock I was think, still. I, I think may, that they. I may have you know beg to differ with a selection later. Oh, okay. 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 I mean, I'm just saying just, I love the you food You just fighter. picked Jagged Little Pill, which was 95. Yeah. I'm saying through the <laughs> early 2000s. and Well, that's because you didn't like the kind of rock that I started didn't. becoming and popular. So that's why I think and, yeah. they saved it. So it's not they saved rock. They Rock was still a thing. Rock has not died. Just remember this, Dave, if you're listening. That I <laughs> No, nobody's <laughs> downplaying. And you want to be friends. The, the legend <laughs> status of Dave Grohl. <laughs> um, all right. I'll go ahead and go to my third pick. <laughs> get this back on track. So my third pick is maybe going to get some groans because of stylistic preference, but I've chosen Nevermind by Nirvana. It's their second studio album, the first to feature Dave Grohl. Singles, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Come As You Are, Lithium, In Bloom. Um... It's noted for channeling a range of emotions. This is dark, humorous, it's disturbing. Um, and it includes anti-establishment views, anti-sexism views, frustration, alienation, loneliness, troubled love. Um, and, you know, kind of like we talked about with Appetite for Destruction being coming in on that glam scene and being something totally different and starting a shift of like, okay, showing kind of the vapidness of what all that was. Nevermind was the nail in the coffin. And that's it changed the game it did in music. The game. And um, now, whether or not you like grunge, it would kind of play into this a lot. Um, but it like brings that that punk scene back. Kids, a whole generation of kids or of young people are like it's it's a counterculture thing, similar similar to British Invasion. Yeah, this came out my senior year. Yeah, and um, so it's different from those popular themes of drugs and sex at the time. It kind of brings that sensitivity, that that rocker with a soft side back. Um, and so it's noted for its musical diversity with acoustic ballads and punk-inspired hard rock. Um, it propelled Nirvana to being regarded as one of the biggest bands of the 90s. And critics call this album, or call Cobain the voice of his generation, even with such a short career, really, um, which is impressive. It brought grunge and alt-rock to mainstream audiences and ended the dominance of hair metal, similar, like we say, to 
the British invasion. I did. Um, and one of the best, which may be why you have a feeling about it, because you do love that, that hair metal. I do. Maybe it's, maybe it's a little bitterness. <laughs> it's one of the best-selling albums of all time, one of the most acclaimed and influential albums in music. Um, it was added to the National Recording Registry in 2004 as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Um, they experimented with extreme shifts and dynamics during jam sessions, which translated to the album. Um, and Cobain's guitar sound on this album set a tone for 90s rock mm-hmm. music. Um, so one record exec said there is a pre-Nirvana and post-Nirvana record, record business. Um, and one billboarder, or billboarder, <laughs> billboard <laughs> writer, oh, I saved it in my photos. The quote. <laughs> I didn't want to write it down. I was too lazy. In your photos? In my photos. <laughs> if I could work my phone. Good Lord. <laughs> All right. I'll get there. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do, 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 do. All right. So uh, Billboard writer William Goodman says that particularly in comparison to the music and image of hair metal acts, instead of the chest beating, coke blowing, women objectifying macho rock star of the 80s, Cobain popularized or reinvigorated the image of the sensitive artist, pro-feminism, anti-authoritarian, smart aleck punk with a sweet smile and gentle soul. And uh, Rolling Stone says no album in recent history had such an overpowering impact on a generation. So I know this is not necessarily most influential albums, but I like... I like the grunge era. I like Nirvana. Um, and I think it has a, a spot to at least be in the conversation of one of the greatest albums, especially of the last 50 years. But And, hey, who? what's wrong with having Dave Grohl in two bands that it, uh. that's on the, well, <laughs> in the top 12? And so the culture, I don't think the cultural significance of this album can be overstated. Yeah. Because, you know, like you look, Heather grew up primarily in the 80s. Right. I mean, that's right. like so when you think about those 80s hair metals bands, the way that the way that they went to parties was different than the kids than the kids in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know what they thought was cool was different from the kids in the 90s. The way they dressed was different than the kids in the 90s. And I'll be doggone. I think Nirvana was the seismic shift that changed it. Yeah. You know, like like in, you look at those 80s movies look at the 80s movies when those kids would have parties right yeah there's hundreds of kids packed in a space with red solo cups and they're just flying off the walls it's animal house <laughs> i mean it's just it's just crazy but then you go to the 90s parties and they're all chilling on the couch yeah talking you know maybe smoking weed maybe doing whatever but just even the movies changed and yeah. i think nirvana was the switch. It, it is. I mean, it's interesting because, like I say, I graduated in 1992. And I remember Smells Like Teen Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, on the radio. And it was so, it was so different. The the Nirvana shift. And, you know, that and going into your, to your freshman year of college, yeah. it, the shift was noticeable. It, it was noticeable. such a seismic shift. And I graduated in 91. And obviously a hair metal guy, thrash metal guy, this comes around, and it is the exact reason I started listening to 90s country. <laughs> Just because I couldn't, I couldn't accept it, I couldn't understand it, I was, it was garbage to me. I'm almost 50 now, and I get it, and I understand 
and this is a, but this, you came this, around this later, is a, well, right? well I mean, obviously I, I love Pearl Jam, yeah. I love Soundgarden, I love um, uh, a, a lot of those you know grunge uh, Seattle bands. This just happened to be the one that killed all the stuff that I really like. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, it came out right after Appetite, and everything else after Appetite from them was garbage compared to Appetite. Even That's you, true too. even Use Your Illusion yeah. one or two. We after Appetite, they were never the same. Lies was the worst album that ever got printed. No, there's some <laughs> good stuff on. Okay, anyway. but, but anyway, what I would say because okay, like but it changed. And, it did change. It did change. And here's, oh yeah. But I think it, it helped somebody. Like Tom Petty, because I feel like Tom, like we can talk about refugee and we can talk about breakdown, but I, and again, it was me in the nineties. I loved the nineties version of Tom Petty. You don't know how it feels. It's good to be King. You know, last dance with Mary Jane to me. Now, a lot of it was that's because that's what was on the radio when I was in school, not when I was in day school, you know, like elementary school, but when I was in junior high and high school, but you know, I don't know that, and there's some of that cultural, hey, this is just the way we are. You can dig it or not dig it, you know, that Tom Petty is now starting to really push in his music. I felt like it opened him up because I felt like Tom Petty spoke to me more than any other rock artist in the 90s. And I felt like it was really kind of some of their Nirvana messaging in a different package. I don't yeah, I don't think you realize the significance of something as you're living right through it. I think us with the with the benefit of 30 years down the right. road, you can look and see see it for what it is and appreciate it for what it is, not that it just changed what you were used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I've always appreciated their influence, but I think I appreciate their music more than I did at the time. Well, the it was they, as well. it really turned a, a corner that the visual aspect of the band didn't matter anymore. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Did not matter. Not. Which was also good for, for Tom, Tom Petty. Petty. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was about the music and, and the... Rest and the, in love, yeah. Tom And in fact, mm-hmm. I mean, Wildflowers was in my top three for a long time. Yeah. yeah but there ain't nothing wrong with looking it was, at it was, it, 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 Dylan. <laughs> for a long time. But, yeah, I mean, I don't... For sure, I mean, the, the, the cultural significance of... I mean, it... It's one of the most yeah. influential yeah. albums for sure. ever, yeah. for sure. So it is Heather's turn. Now for something completely oh boy. different. <laughs> All right, my third pick, and, and God, I just I'm waiting for the for the hammer to drop because my third pick is 1984's Purple Rain. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I knew I was gonna catch crap about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is when I wish we had video. He's a big man. I never meant to call you in sorrow. So let me understand. I just want to make sure that I understand That's what I'm saying. The dynamic Prince of it this. Is- Hold on, time out. I just want to make sure I understand <laughs> that Prince is not R&B enough to be on the R&B list, but he's rock enough to be on the rock albums list. I just want to make sure I understand the dynamics that we're dealing with. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So this established Prince as an icon, especially for the 80s. Um, Here's the thing about this album. It's 
much like Prince, and I've said that Prince is a unicorn. He's everything. He can do it all. Um, this was his first number one on the Billboard 200. It was on the chart for 167 weeks. You're look, giving me that look like he's all big man. <laughs> 13 times platinum, 25 million copies worldwide. This was the first album that included The Revolution. He had um, kind of hinted at them on 1999, but um, three Grammys. It's the Rolling Stone number eight on the 500 greatest albums of all time. It's in the Grammy Hall of Fame, and it's also in the Library of Congress National Recording Registry for recordings that are culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So, um, it's a big deal. Uh, this is one of those that every song is and here's the thing it's funk right it's rock it's pop it's blues it's r&b it's everything it's all things to all people ben that's what i'm saying but that's not what you said last time i'm not whoa 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 i said i did not know what to do with prince and on a lot of things so i didn't rank him as high because right. he is a unicorn and he's all what things you really to all meant to say is i don't know what to do with prince when you pick him. Right, okay. But when I pick him, I'm not gonna I know what to do with Prince. <laughs> so this is the beautiful ones, and I mean, like, his voice. I, yeah, I'm not even going to have this discussion right now. <laughs> I will have it without you. Okay. <laughs> so. Hey, that sounds like an R&B to me. That sounds like R&B to me. <laughs> I'm going to just stir the pot. Yeah, because you weren't fighting with me over whether he was R&B and if you were fighting with Y'all her. Y'all both voted against it. Oh, I so did vote I against it because I wanted something different. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so, the meaning of Purple Rain, when they asked him, what, is, what does that mean? He said, when there's blood in the sky, red plus blue equals purple. Purple rain pertains to the end of the world and being with the one you love and letting your faith God guide you through the purple rain. So, I kind of always wonder what that meant, too. Of course, there's the movie that goes along with it. I'm not saying he deserved any Oscars for Purple Rain, but the Grammys were... Justified. Yes. Um, Okay, this is a fun fact. (gasps) It's time for a second fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> okay. I just got to make your fun fact song. It was that written. Was, there was stank on that. Yeah, there was. You did. <laughs> okay. It was originally. Now I want to have a fun fact just to hear what number yeah, three is Yeah, I know what yours is going to be. Originally written as a country song and a collab with Stevie Nicks. That is fun. So she got a 10-minute demo instrumental version from Prince with a request for her to write the lyrics. And she listened to it, and she got overwhelmed. She said, I can't do it. It's too much. I can't do wow. it. And she sent it back. So he got with Wendy and Lisa uh-huh. from the Revolution, and they changed it, took it out of the country vein, played for with it for six hours straight, and had it finished by the end of the day. So can you imagine what... I mean, that would have been a complete yeah. change in just the time-space continuum yep. if Stevie Nicks had written Purple Rain. Can you imagine? Um, but so, it, would, it wouldn't have been Purple Rain, though. Yeah, I, I, would it? I don't know. Crazy. I don't know. I doubt she would have come up with purple. <laughs> <laughs> Something cocaine, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or, White cocaine. Or, or, 
purple fox spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's the track listing for Purple Rain. Let's go crazy. Take me with you. The beautiful ones, which you just heard. Computer Blue. Darling Nikki. Now, Darling Nikki. We can't also, play that one. We cannot play that one. But it caught the attention of Tipper Gore and the PMRC and <laughs> contributed to, they are partly responsible for the explicit lyric parental advisory stickers. And that, that beatdown they got from D. Snyder. Show You're did. right. That verbal beatdown. On side two is When Doves Cry, I Would Die For You, Baby I'm a Star, and Purple Rain. Every single track on this album is amazing. Well, and it didn't hurt so. that all the songs were on the movie. So as many times as you watch the movie, you're getting pieces of the pieces of the album. It was great. Yeah, Completely I mean, great. but there were there were songs in the movie that aren't on this. You know, I mean, right. and all that Morse Day stuff. All that Morse Day and the time yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, so um, it. So here's what a guy said about. Purple Rain. I'll make this fast. But um, he said, Purple Rain, uh, this is um, a writer for Billboard. Purple Rain is certainly in contention for the most perfect album in rock or pop history. Expertly flowing from track to track while delighting, surprising, and astounding at each bend. Personal and universal, familiar and challenging, romantic and narcissistic, religious and orgasmic, accessible to all and profoundly weird, Purple Rain rightly remains the cornerstone of Prince's recorded legacy, almost too obvious in its brilliance to even be worth discussing at length. So, um, who was that? A, a writer for Billboard, Andrew Unterberger. Hmm. So, um, it it is one of those albums that I think is. So important. I think it's on the on the level with Nevermind as far as changing the game. And it definitely solidified Prince as one of the top three icons of the 80s and beyond. And besides the fact that you don't even get into how good a guitar player he is. And, I mean, that, that his musical, at this point, his musical ability I don't even think as a as an instrumentalist has even been shown off yet. No, he so. hasn't played while my guitar gently weaves with right, Tom right, Petty right, right, on the right. stage and, and them all just freaking out yet. Yeah. That so. was that video was crazy. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Purple Rain. All right. How you like that Ben? Hmm. I'm sure we'll hear about it <laughs> later. Interesting R and B pick. Yeah. <laughs> Pop pick. All right. Well my Funk last pick, pick. <laughs> Is uh, and I probably you know this is kind of like I said yeah I probably should have put this number one in mind but uh, Van Halen Van Halen uh, 1978 released in 1978 is 11 tracks 35 minutes uh, in 96 so you know 18 years after it released it was certified diamond which is 10 times platinum at least. Then disputes between record companies stopped the certification process from ever happening again. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't been certified in any way since '96. So there's no telling what it is now. Um, it was their debut debut studio album. Uh, it took three weeks to record, and it was mostly recorded live. There are a couple of songs uh, that have guitar overdubs, which if you've ever recorded, you know how difficult that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, when they started the tour. 
it's, you're fixing to get to do a fun fact, Beth. Uh, when they started the tour oh. to support the album, they opened for acts like Journey and Montrose. It's time for a third fun fact. Ew. <laughs> okay. Does anybody know who the lead singer for Montrose was? I do. Who was that? Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar. They opened for Sammy Hagar. Um, and you guys talk about Rolling Stone quite a bit, and I agree with you every single time. Uh, the initial response by critics for this album was mostly negative. Uh, Rolling Stone critic Charles M. Young predicted in three years Van Halen is going to be fat, self-indulgent, and disgusting following Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin into the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> wow! That didn't age well. No. Yeah, so, so this, uh, so there, there's Rolling Stone for you. Um, since its release in 1978, the album has continued to keep selling. It's reappearing by reappearing numerous times on the Billboard Top 200 as recently as 2020. Yeah. Uh, which That's is crazy. Good uh, obviously, starts with running into the devil. Uh, <laughs> running, running, <laughs> running into the, the devil. devil. You have to pardon me. I've got a little bit of a cold. Um, a couple of stands out, standouts on the album, which most of you know most of this album, I'm sure, are uh, Atomic Punk and Little Dreamer. Um, Atomic Punk, if you listen to the opening, if you, if, if you ever listen to Rage Against the Machine and Tom Morello, if you don't think he pulled 90% of his uh, uh, tone and everything that he does and using the guitar as a percussion instrument, yeah. the entire front of that song is just like that. Um, and obviously, Eddie was was the inventor of many, many different styles. Uh, and Little Dreamer is a very cool song if you have never listened to it. Uh, it's a funk blues song. Sounds just like uh, you'd expect Billy Gibbons to start singing uh, instead of David Lee Roth. It's it's a really cool song. So. Yes, let's let's talk about just for a second now. Who what? is the lead singer on when on this album? David Lee Roth. Yeah, have we mentioned uh, Iron Maiden? album yet? No. Not yet. <laughs> not, <laughs> no, not, no, he's, there's one more Okay, there's one go. more left. Okay, I'll be interested to see. Okay. <laughs> Won't you have to eat crow? I mean, exactly. <laughs> I really <laughs> will. I really will. But anyway. I only, I, I only had two more paragraphs to go and you just cut it off. Sorry. But that's okay. Keep <laughs> no, literally. Coming I, in hot. No, I was done. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> All right, Ben. So my pick is number of the beast. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it was on my list. It was on my big list. Um, now, okay, so this was another one where I had to... I originally had another album by this band on the list. This is one of my favorite bands. And then as I was thinking about it, I was like, but I really like this other album more. Let me go back and let me... And it's one of those where all the lists say that this particular album is the number one. For this band. And I went back and I changed my mind. I said, look, I really think this album is better, though. And it's a Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. Like, I decided, and I went with Californication. Okay. It's a good record. It really is. It's a great record. They said Blood Sugar Sex Magic is that was better. The, that was the, <laughs> the other option. But I love Red Hot Chili Peppers. Huge Red Hot Chili Peppers. So this was 1999, and this is why I take issue with the fact that we're going to just hang all our hopes on the Foo Fighters, because the Red Hot Chili Peppers predated Nirvana, and they 
outlasted at least Cobain. <gasps> so, you know, they've 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 had, <laughs> they're still they're still making albums today. Right. So, to me, to just say, well, the Foo Fighters were the only rock and roll band that were. I, didn't say I would the only rock and roll, but I would argue that. Consistently, I would even put maybe the Red Hot Chili Peppers consistently have been keeping that rock and roll thing going. Now, they're a little different because, you know, I mean, they are, they got some funk, they got some hip hop, they got a lot of different things, but that core, that core is what Sean said. Do we have a good bass player? One yes, of do. the best. Indeed, yeah. One of the best. And uh, I love this song. This song's so good. And uh, uh, John Fusciante is incredible, (laughs) incredible as well. And they're just so different. You know, I mean, you know that's Red Hot Chili Peppers. Whether it's, you can tell when it's Flea, you can tell when it's Clytus, you can tell, I mean, they're, they are their own separate entity. Nobody sounds like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now, this album, okay, this album, five major singles that all did extremely well. This one is Other Side. We already listened to Californication. Now, Californication played on the radio a bunch. But Scar Tissue, no. I, like, I, I wanted to play Scar Tissue. I wanted to play Around the World, but there's explicit lyrics, and I don't know that we would be able to knock it out. And then Road Trippin'. Road Trippin' is cool. I mean, just really good. And again, I love double albums. This is another double album, and uh, just this is not quite as long as some of the other double albums that we, you know, this was 56 minutes as opposed to some of the 80-minute monstrosities that we've listed today. <laughs> um, but... This was, uh, you know, Rick Rubin coming back to the band to produce, and they're just better with Rick Rubin, I think. You know, he gives them some, some, uh, some I think just the level of, of production is better, and he just kind of tightens things up for them. And this was really a much more thoughtful album about some of the things, some of the concepts and some of the ideas that they tackled as opposed to, to other albums, their previous albums before that. But, I mean, this is, uh, there's, there's funk in this, there's hip hop in this, there's, there's pop, there's rock and roll. Um, just, there's alternative, you can hear a lot of alternative influence in this as well. Um, and so, again, I like bands that have a lot of diversity and can show it in one album and again this was another example of them doing that and it's one where if you go look at the list like the other album was listed on virtually all the list you know if you look at all the greatest albums of the last 50 years or of the 90s or whatever i mean that one pops up real high on the list but i do think this is a better album Mm -hmm. and so instead of going with the safe choice which the quote-unquote experts like, (laughs) which is a great album. I don't want to take anything away from it. But to me, this was the better album, and this is the best bands and not the most critically acclaimed albums. And so I do think that this is – I think this is their best album, and I think it's worthy of being one of the top nine or ten albums in the last 50 years from at least a rock and roll perspective. 
good choice. Yeah. And that gives us all of our selections, doesn't it? It does. All right. So what are they now? We got 12. 12, yeah. All right. Ben has drafted Hotel California by Eagles, Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin, and Californication by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Heather drafted Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses, Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette, and Purple Rain by Prince. And I've drafted Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, In Your Honor by Foo Fighters, and Nevermind by Nirvana. Sean, our guest of honor, has drafted Back in Black by ACDC, Master of Puppets by Metallica, and Van Halen's Van Halen. All right, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell the the albums that I had on my list that did not get drafted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so I originally did have Blood Sugar Sex Magic by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I switched it out with Californication. Um, I had I told you I had uh, Wildflowers by Tom Petty. It was in my top three for a really long time. I did, and this is the one I think that you're. Tell me if I'm wrong. Dark Side of the Moon is yeah. the one that yeah. I was thinking that none of us would draft, yeah. but that was popping up in all of those mm-hmm. lists. It's, it's boring. I'm sorry, it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't really I, and, and I mean, I, I'm sorry to say that. I, I, I see it for the greatness that it right. is in terms right, of the right, right. musicianship, but it's boring. I'm sorry. If Ozzy hadn't been in Black Sabbath, that would have bombed, my opinion. Huh? Bark dark at the moon. Dark side oh, of the dark moon. Side dark of the side moon. of the moon. <laughs> dark side of the moon. Oh, no. okay. Bark at the moon Even, is an no. much yeah. more exciting <laughs> listen Sorry. than dark side of the moon. I'm Actually. doing 12 different things. <laughs> yeah. And dark side of the moon. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. get well, maybe that's because you haven't listened to it backwards. Uh, well, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've listened to it, it while you watch Wizard of Oz. I've listened to it backwards and while I was watching Wizard oh, of Oz. Yeah. And Nothing. I still don't get it. All right. It. Now, Number of the Beast was on my list. <laughs> it was on my list. Uh, Toys in the Attic by Aerosmith um, is a great album. It is a it's great It's a fantastic album. album. I love Aerosmith. And I tell you, I almost moved this one into the top, into my top three to five. And that's about out of hell. By Meatloaf. Yeah. It's an amazing <laughs> album. A, with ridiculous and, album sales, and, too. And, uh-huh. and, and a different kind of rock, too. And yeah. I'm going to tell you, Meatloaf is a guy that does not get the credit he deserves. When people start naming off oh, all these great vocalists, vocalist, yeah. he is insane. He's, and then I, I had Elephant by the White Straps on, in my Oh, in my interesting. Interesting pick. That is interesting. Okay. Not bad, but okay. interesting. All right. Uh, what, so what didn't get drafted. Yeah. Uh, Ten. Pearl oh, Jam, yeah. Uh, Ride the Lightning, Metallica, Pyromania by Def Leppard. Uh, I had Houses of the Holy, mm-hmm. and Foo Fighters, The Color and the Shape. So good. Wow, we are married, aren't we? We are. <laughs> um, uh, didn't get drafted. I had Houses of the Holy. I had Pearl Jam Ten, uh, ZZ Top, Trace Hombres, uh, Boston, Boston, uh, Def Leppard. I know you had High and Dry. Didn't Py- you? Pyromania <laughs> would have to go on the list, but my personal favorite is High and Dry. <laughs> um, if you've never listened to it, listen to it. Um, and then I put two on here that I'll get made fun of, but I don't care. Nickelback, All the Right Reasons. No and comment. Alter Bridge, Blackbird. <laughs> oh, great album. All right, so mine that didn't get drafted, um, with the exception of one, is a product of my eras. Um, so The Beautiful Letdown by Switchfoot. Gifts from the Holy Ghost by Dorothy. That was just released in 2022. If you haven't heard her, listen to her. She has a great rock voice, but it's also very soulful. Um, just like to me right now, rock vocal, it's Dorothy and Lizzie Hale. Well, sorry, and Haley Williams. Those three right now. And Taylor Momsen. For women, 
they're far and away better than her <laughs> singers. She's a good front woman, but she's not a great singer. She has a different kind of husky voice, oh, but like I, as, I like a powerhouse vocal. So yeah. the, the, okay. for me, in rock, for women right now, that's those three women. Uh, Brand New Eyes by Paramore. Um, if you, the only exception that's oh. that's on that album. Um, so good. Move Along by the All American Rejects. Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi. <laughs> Hey, uh, y'all know I love Great Albums. That's a great album. It has a lot of hits on it. And, you know, some of these other bands are good, but they're no Bon Jovi. <laughs> no Bon Jovi. <laughs> One time when I was, uh, I don't know, how old was I? Like six or seven. Yeah. And so it's the 90s, it's the mid to late 90s, the heyday of boy bands. <laughs> and we're sitting there. It's late night. And I think it was just like me and Heather and Ben sitting up for some reason. I don't know what y'all were doing. But I was in there. And... uh <laughs> And I was talking about not even like one of the big ones. Like I wasn't talking about NSYNC or Backstreet Boys or so I was talking about some crap one like five, <laughs> if you even know who they are. And so no. they were like, Who's that? And I was like, Yeah, they're good. But they're no Bon Jovi. <laughs> like obviously. And I think she was basing it on like it's my life or something like you No, I knew because I was stealing Ben's oh, records okay. from when he was working at KFC. Um <laughs> so I, I knew the good Bon Jovi stuff or the older stuff. Uh and then I, my last to Fallen by Evanescence. And then I have one, Sean. That is a great album. It is a good album. And And well, Amy Lee's a great, and she's very hard to sing over. It's very hard to sing her song. Sean, this is for you. And I'm going to just make an announcement. And that may be actually Kara's favorite rock album. It's a great album. the last 50 years. My last album that I put on my list. I am a person who takes pride in the fact that I do not have guilty pleasures. If I like something, I'm going to tell you I like it. And for a long time, I've been lying to myself, <laughs> and I've been lying to everybody else. <laughs> and I think it's past time that we just say, you know what? If I like something, I like it. What the heck? My last album that I put on here is All the Right Reasons. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my yes. God. They, a lot of their stuff does kind of sound the same, I, but I was waiting on Creed, like which would have made me happy, too. Oh, I like Creed. I make no bones about the fact but, that I like Creed. But, Everybody <laughs> likes Nickelback, but you just lie to yourself. No, that's not true. Those songs are catchy. The songs are catchy. I saw. I gotta say it. They've only. I'll them. sing along with them. Them. Look at this graph. <laughs> <laughs> They've only sold a bajillion albums. True. Oh true. True. God. So. We have 12 songs now. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah, y'all got to get Uh-oh. the words right. We're going from 12 songs to five. Working 12 to five. All right. So b- before we get to the nitty gritty of this. <laughs> now, <laughs> that, was, that was weird. You like that? Every the time I hear it. gritty. Ew, ew, I don't gross. like that. I, I expect okay. when people say it, they say it like what's, Nacho Libre. The nitty gritty. <laughs> what's, what's next? Y'all are going to say that. Conway Twitty gives y'all the creeps a little bit. Is that what's <laughs> I, next yeah, out of this? I have said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, before we get to the business at hand, <laughs> how about that? Um, Beth, I believe you were on another. You, you're in. You're in a band, Northwest Arkansas, right yes. out of based out of Northwest Two Arkansas. Two Story Radio. And you, you were. <laughs> your band was recently a guest. Yes. On 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 another podcast, so yes. that's that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, we had a good time. Um, it's this podcast is called Tableside at Sixteenth Street, and um, they do sometimes talk about music on that podcast, not 
exclusively a music podcast, um, but they have made some lists about like their childhood music. They had a Taylor Swift episode. Um, Shannon, one of the hosts, is a card-carrying Swifty, and she is very knowledgeable oh. about Taylor Swift, so they did kind of a, a best-of Taylor Swift episode, some essentials that, that you should listen to from her career. Um, and then we talked about cover songs a little bit. Um, it's because we're a cover band. Uh, but they also talk about the origins of the world. You know, kind of what they, it's its just a general, we're coming to the table. It's like a family. You're just sitting in on somebody's family conversations. Um, they talk about, you know, what they believe about dinosaurs. Um, somehow conversation does. <laughs> That's cool. Sometimes, I would love to have that conversation. It's, it's a really interesting episode. It's the first of uh, Shannon Ask a Question is a series. So Shannon will come together and, and come to the table and say, here's my question for today, Cliff. And, and Cliff, the other host, will say, well, all right, completely unstudied, says, all right, well, here's what I, what I think about that. So that was a really interesting episode because um, the age gap is, is interesting, kind of like us. You know, you have some different perspectives. Um, baked goods, books, summer <laughs> reads. You know, if you want to listen to a podcast, it's just folks sitting down and enjoying a conversation with not fighting. That's the podcast for you. That's not what we do. <laughs> but if you want to listen to something like that, they post every Wednesday, um, and it's Tableside at 16th Street. It's a great podcast. All right. Cool. Cool deal, cool deal. All right. So now we're 12 songs. Got to cut it to five. I am going to make the first cut suggestion <gasps> right out I of the I know gate. what you're going to do. And we can call it petty. Disrespect. We can call it whatever you want to call it. But I want to cut Purple Rain, <laughs> Prince, because if he ain't good enough for greatest R&B vocalist, he ain't good enough for the rock and roll album. Okay, so, so because you got butt hurt about three months ago. I got I, one word for you. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> well, that's going to come up again anyway. Yep. Very but. soon, I have a feeling. <laughs> Anyways. So you're just going to say that because we didn't do what you wanted on a podcast a long time ago, that now Prince doesn't get to be on any lists. No, I'm saying he don't get to be on this list. Well, which list does he get to be on? The one I pick. Oh, okay. Ooh. There we go. Now, right. this there is, it is. You don't get to make I'm going to tell you right now. I'm gonna, okay. I'll tell you this. <laughs> you got head movements and everything. I am going to call this tit for tat. <laughs> <laughs> All right? That's what I'm calling this. Are y'all so, even after this? I'm willing to say... I don't know, because we also have the yesterday issue. Well, to, no, to, then you got to pick your battles if you this, know that's coming. This is Prince for Prince. <laughs> okay. So you got, you, I, you got two coming. What you got? You got. What are you, you talking about? The Prince issue. I oh, I didn't the, pick Prince. Oh, and I didn't. I, I didn't know what to do with him. With but on you, the Prince issue, oh, I did, just didn't vote you your vote? way. How did you vote on the Prince issue? I was probably voting in my own best interest, That's so I exactly didn't. Vote, right. So I probably didn't vote for either one of your stuff. So leave so me out of it. I nominate Prince for the cutting block. I disagree. We got two other votes here to. For top five? Yeah. To eliminate out of the top five. Yeah, no. What? Not to cut it or to cut it? Cut it. Okay. <gasps> I would agree. Top, you got to sleep sometime, Sean Sanders. That's okay. Boom. <laughs> All right. Shakalaka. Well, so we're making some progress. <laughs> All right. 11 to 11 five. to five. No, I, I, okay. Love you, babe. Still mm-hmm. cutting it. So here's the deal. You meant you picked Rumors. Rumors was your number one. Yeah. You did I did I hear you say rumors was your number two? It was my number three. It was your number three. Mm-hmm. It was my number six. 
where was in my top five. So I mean, I feel like it's going to be very hard not to, to, for for us to say that rumors will not put itself into the top five. Yeah. Because, like, you three all had it firmly in your top five, mm-hmm. and I had it number six. I yeah. feel like that's one that's going to go in. Sweet. So the next pick was Appetite for Destruction. I had Appetite number three. Sean, did you say you had it number one? Number one. Where did you have it? Number three. I think that one's going in. We all had it in our top three. Mm-hmm. Yep. The next pick was Hotel California. It was my number one. Two. Your number two. It didn't make my list it at all. It did not make your list. Where did it make your number list? Number two. All right. So I get we may have to put that in the hold. I don't know. Because uh, Sean, well, wow. Sean brings it all the way down. <sighs> okay. May I ask why you're wrong, Sean? <laughs> 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 well, they're 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 a folk rock band. Oh my! <gasps> oh, wow. he, just, he just Stevie nixed me, man. <laughs> but not this album. No, I, not I, the, I, If you would have said that about the Desperado album, I would say I got you. But this has some rock and roll songs on. It does. It, it does. I just it's not my thing. I don't even it's know just, you it's anymore. Just, it's like when y'all do Beatles episodes. I just zone out. What's I just don't happening? get it. Ooh, what? That, okay. that hits Listen, me in my heart a little bit. I don't know what's, huh. what's going on here. but It's just a personal thing. Uh-huh. And and we've seen them how many times live? You've seen them more than I have. Me? I've seen yeah. them like 11 or 12. And but. and they're amazing, and they're great. And it's it's I'll go every time I get an opportunity. We're only going to get like one more. <laughs> Maybe. I need to talk that's to you what, about those tickets, by the way. That's what they said. <laughs> where, yeah, well, where are we going? I mean... They're on their last their last farewell of, the last of the last Listen, of the last. You have to treat every time like it's the last. Them and Molly Crew and Kiss. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I anyway, saw them on their it, last two farewells. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just not my thing, but I'm not willing to die. I'm, I'm a pretty passive guy, so. <laughs> so, wait, so are, is that in, or that are we mean, holding it? Does that mean? You can leave it in. I mean, because I. I mean, I would definitely because I mean, obviously, it was my number one. I would vote to put it in the top five. I would. Too. I would too. Well, that's well, three, three out of. Woo! The All next, right, we got two spots left. I mean, mm-hmm. the next pick was uh, this one. This one made this one. I've mm, that might, it was physical graffiti, and so like. Well, your next pick, but r- not well, the next pick of the yes, whole it was. thing. Yes, it was. Cause no, because you skipped Sean's. We didn't. We haven't discussed back oh, in black. Oh, back in black. Oh, we missed us. Oh, okay, so it has to go with the top. Back in black for me was number four. It was number four for me as well. I didn't have it, but. May we ask you why you're wrong? <laughs> because I'm not old. Oh, oh. I mean, she's not wrong come about back that. Because like, we've established that I'm petty. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were growing these days. <laughs> like 80 is it's old. A process. Huh? Like 80 is old. So all you 33 or 43 year olds out there, you're old. Yeah. I feel that it came way. out in 80. I just played golf today, and I feel old. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. Okay. So how many? We We have two spots left. We have two. So we have three in there for sure that we've said we're for sure going in. Okay. So put that in a major hole because we had three in the top five, right? Yeah. All right. The next pick. Now the next pick was physical graffiti. I think I was the only one that had that because the other two had Led Zeppelin albums, but they had Houses of the Holy. Um, the next pick. That, that, that's a 1A and 1B. I mean, it, they're they're so close to the same. I mean, you 
you just got. I felt pick, that way too because I just got to pick one in and out. You know, I mean, there's a song called "Houses of the Holy" on physical You're graffiti, right. which yeah, <laughs> which was supposed to be on. Well, they thought, and right. then they yeah. Um, this is where the rubber meets the uh, the road a little bit, I guess. Then the next pick was this is yeah this is where it's going to get it's going to get kind of figuring out those last two picks. Mm-hmm. I think one of them maybe maybe we could be easier to eliminate a few. Maybe, because I will yeah. be honest with you, like I like the Van. Like if I was going to pick one of Sean's to go in, it would be the Van Halen. Me too. Album. Me yeah, too. the the Metallica pick is personal, so but I get it. I you, think you Van can throw Halen that one away. Considered. And, okay, so we can cut the Master Puppets album. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay. It, it Van Halen should have been before that, if I'm honest with myself. Oh, okay. So. Left to consider <clears throat> physical graffiti, Californication, Jagged Little Pill, In Your Honor, Never Mind, Back in Black, and Van Halen. Two spots. Man, that's a list. It's tough. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna say this and and it it helps that it was number four on my list. If you look at the track list of Back in Black, it is there's only it's, one song that doesn't hit the is, radio. It's stupid. I think it should go over. It's stupid. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that 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 track list is just. I like the word redonkulous, <laughs> <laughs> and it's redonkulous. It really is. I mean, giving the dog a bone. Yeah. That is an amazing song. That is not quote unquote a single. Have a drink on me. Is unbelievable, not a single. That wasn't a single. Mm-mm. No, really? they just played on the radio play all, all the time. time. Yeah. So, and but I actually shake a leg is the only one that you rarely hear on the radio. Most of these songs, I actually learned through the ACDC live albums, hmm. and then you come to find out, gosh, they're all on one album, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so, like, I would be. Now, granted, it was in my top. What I what I say it was number four, three for me, or four for me, or something like that. Me like, too. I mean, I to me it, it's a, and it's one of those metal albums that is just essential. Essential, and it's metal, but there's still so much. It's really soul, and it's kind of a hard there's, rock. There's blues, yeah. so heavy blues in it that it's it still meets that just straight yeah. up rock and roll criteria. And then I like to look at the musicianship too, right? And Angus and Malcolm are phenomenal. Right. They're phenomenal. Um, Malcolm was the original. Uh, we just talked about him for Guns N' Roses. What? Rhythm guitar player. Is he? Is he? I mean, Malcolm was the original. Is he? I think it should. I I think it should go. Okay. But I don't That's object. Just I just didn't have it on my list. Back in black. So. All right, one spot. <laughs> now this is where some feelings yeah. gonna get gonna get hurted. <laughs> All right, so what's left? Physical graffiti, Californication, jagged little pill. In your honor, never mind, Van Halen. These are. I have a strong opinion about in favor of one or to cut in, one. In, in favor of one, and it's not mine. It's the Van Halen one. Yep. It's mm. really good. Here's what. 
here's what's holding me back. What's hold, and, and it's one that I did not put on my list. I did not put Nevermind on my list. But when I think of things that make an album great, one of the things that makes an album great is the cultural significance of the album. Right. And there's not, there is not an album that we've listed that has the cultural significance of Nevermind. There's not. Uh, bull crap. Purple Rain. Does not have no. the... Yes. It did not define an entire... Decade? Decade's culture. It did not define an entire decade's culture. It it just it just didn't. Not not like not like never not like nevermind did. Because not only did it define the culture, it changed and then defined what was coming for the next ten years. Nirvana did that. Nirvana completely changed the way that teenagers lived their lives. There's one hundred percent. It changed the way, the way they lived their yes, lives. Yes, it changed the way they dressed. It changed the way they talked to each other. It changed the way they viewed. Changed the way they thought. Yep. The, the way they viewed the world. I mean, it was like it was the only. It's it's the only thing that's even close to a Woodstock moment. Past Woodstock, it's the only thing that's even close to a Woodstock moment, and it happened because of one album. And so, like, just thinking, because we had that I cultural mean, significance conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. But with all, I mean. Now, I'll say this. I would much prefer to listen to the Van Halen album. And I think the music is better on the Van Halen right. album. It's the, and it's the best rock albums of all. I mean, number one, I lived straight through Nirvana's Nevermind. The, 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 the shift was not. That seismic because you were you on were one senior. side of it. I saw your the the kids that grew up in. You're six years older than me, okay? Right. So like, I saw the way that you guys dressed. I saw the way that you guys interact. I saw what was important to the people that you went to school with, and it was fundamentally different. Than what was important to us, right? But you've also got appearance was not important to us at okay, okay, all. But but it was important in the eighties. Yeah, but that okay, Nirvana. I cannot. I'm not going to diminish the importance of Nirvana in the in the conversation. But you also cannot discount um, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. That was a whole. It was a movement. That's it was true it too. was and so it wasn't now Nirvana was definitely in, in the forefront of that, but they were not the only there change was gonna come. It was gonna come. Just like there was disco and then disco got obliterated. I mean, that just happens. I think when you're talking about the best rock album and and I mean, grunge is rock. But there are other elements at play there. Just, I think as just far like as a, straight just rock like, and roll, just like in southern rock, like, like if 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 we do, I, yeah. if we do one up to nineteen seventy three, and somebody puts a Leonard Skinner album on there, are we going to say, yeah? But that's really southern rock. Yeah, but you just put Prince on there for crying out loud. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but when okay, nineteen seventy eight, 
Van Halen. It's the first time you hear Eddie Van Halen and his brand of guitar tone, which changed everything behind him. Well, and I'll say, I will say this, and Eddie's not my favorite because I feel like he's too technical. But I will say that his hammer-on, hammer-offs completely changed the way people played guitar. I mean, there's no question. There's no question. He he's, he is a freak of, well, God bless his soul, was a freak of nature. <laughs> and a pioneer. Yes. And a game changer. And he could do all that, but you like, listen to, like, when you get a chance, listen to, like, a little dreamer. It's a, it sounds like Billy Gibbons is playing. He could do everything. He, he was so the, I, the tapping guy, yeah. the, the, the pull-offs and... An eruption in and of itself is one of those pieces of music that literally changed everything. Yes, and so here, and this is why I was very careful not to box myself in at the beginning. I said there's a lot of different pathways to get into what is considered the best album. Because I didn't want to box myself in because I know how we are. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, here's the thing. Like, musically, okay, let's put it. Musically, Van Halen wins. Okay. There's no question that instrumentally, what Van Halen does is better. Right. Lyrically, Mm, I might, uh, you know what I mean? An albino, a mosquito. But it's the it's the it's the it's the content matter. It's the thought process. It's they're talking about deep things in the album. Not a lot of deepness in (laughs) Van Halen as far as the content. Would you say you know more songs off the Nevermind album or the Van Halen album? Like you know more. Well, I I probably know the same but that's probably gives actually an edge to van halen because that came out in 1980 and i really unless it's a great album here's where i would say about van halen i should have no business knowing the songs on an album that came out in 1980 unless it was a great freaking album well 78 actually was it 78 78 so you know i mean i i mean that's I mean, I, I would say that that's actually a point in van halen's favor because i'm not i mean van halen is is on my list but I do get the, the Nirvana part. I mean, to me, Ten is a better album than Nevermind. Okay. When you when you're talking about that particular genre, but I get it. I understand it. The real uh, there's only it, two songs on Van Halen that you probably aren't familiar right, with. Right. The rest of them you are. I don't know about Nirvana. I don't know about Nevermind. You may there's, be very. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot, a lot of singles songs, on there. That's on the there. thing, yeah. you know. But. And so I, I, what I'm trying to say is I see both sides, and I'm not I'm not willing to just chunk Nevermind out of the conversation right now, okay. because, and and I'm sure a lot of it is just me being in high school, a '90s kid, a mm-hmm. '90s kid, and that completely changing. Like I always just wore t-shirts and jeans, and didn't care what I. But I finally fit in. <laughs> right. You know. Because nobody was really concerned about their appearance. It changed, nobody in the it changed, 90s. It, it changed. changed MTV. It changed everything. I mean, so, but maybe I, maybe we can eliminate some other choices. Let's 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 start there. So I would I I feel like Californication is probably not going to make the list. It wasn't on my list. I think I'm the only one that had it. Yeah. 
Did anybody have blood sugar sex magic at all? So, mm-hmm. gosh, I don't think anybody had jagged little pill either. Mm-hmm. I think we may be in that boat with all the rest of them, unless. Mm. Okay, so we're down to those two. So yeah. you are in the camp of Van Halen. You were in the camp of Van Halen. You were in the camp of Nevermind, and mm-hmm. I was in This is why we've always had odd numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's what... I mean, I can switch to Van Halen because I, I think I probably do prefer that album more. And I do think, especially musically, it's better. Like, instrumentally, it's better. Um, and vocal. And if, if Michael if, Anthony's backing vocals yeah. are and, insane. Well, and I mean, vocals. It's, vocals. It. It's hard. You it's, want to vo- say it. Vocals are not that important. <laughs> on never mind. They're just not. They're not and mumbling words is a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this: if if because it's best albums, if this were going to be like. And see, Van Halen, Van Halen's one that if we do most influential albums, it could very well make the list also. But I th- if it was if it was most influential albums um, for any reason, whether it be musically or culturally, then I would I would probably dig my heels in on Nevermind. I would think Nirvana would be ahead of that yeah. album yeah. in that particular category. So for the sake of we are at a two-two split, and it's really I mean they were they were neck and neck for me. I don't have a problem going back to Van Halen um, because I do think, like, if you if I were just going to scorecard it, they may be even, or or Van Halen may come out ahead if I actually scorecarded it. So, and yeah, there's one thing on Van Halen, Van Halen that hurts it. And that's Ice Cream Man. I love Ice Cream I Man. Hate that song. Yeah, I don't. I'm that not a big the, fan of it either. That is, you can leave that completely <laughs> off. Yeah, but anyway. And a lot different than Two Shorts version, too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Who? Don't listen to that one, kids. Um, So I I can I can say I can I can go with Van Halen. I can I'll because I mean I I I didn't have either one of them on my list. Um, You didn't have Van Halen Van Halen on your on on my top twelve really. I really, I mean, it's one of those deals where I have to. I have Tell to, us why you're wrong, Ben. Yeah. Well, and here's here's the th- like I have this, uh, and this is, I feel I feel almost dirty saying it. Do tell. I do not appreciate Eddie Van Halen's guitar playing, and it's because the guitar players that I like the most. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix, Jimmy Page, there is an emotion that is in their guitar playing that is not, it's not just technical how fast can I do it, and I feel like I get a lot of that out of Eddie. I think Eddie Van Halen may be the most technically sound, gifted guitar player maybe that ever lived. But I don't feel emotion when Eddie Van Halen plays, if that makes sense to you. I would... I would challenge you in your free time to go listen to the or go watch the eruption song on the fifty one fifty tour with Hagar. And it's not the eruption on the album. It is a super long solo, but there's 
you you'll see what I'm saying. It's less it's less written down, right? And you kind of get a feel for what he does uh, when he's just free. Yeah. And I'm sure we just lost listeners because I said <laughs> something bad about St. <laughs> Eddie. But, that, you know, that's We've the already disparaged thing half the sure. band at this our, point. <laughs> our readers, are, our, our listeners are not so fickle, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. So we got a top five. Now we got to rank them. So we have decided that the top five in no particular order is Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses, Hotel California by Eagles, Back in Black by ACDC, and Van Halen by Van Halen. This is not going to be easy. Um, Can we say Van Halen is five? Yes. Since it I would say. was I mean, such yeah. a discussion. Yeah. Because, like, I didn't have it on my list, and I don't think... Did you have it on your list? No. So, it, yeah, I mean, it, it was the only one where two of us didn't have it on the list. Can we say Appetite's number one? Ooh. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. <laughs> I am, but... <laughs> I mean, I had... It was below Hotel California for me. Oh, okay. I can say that. You had it number Obviously one. Obviously, it was, yeah, it was my number one. You had Hotel California number two. Correct. So you're the monkey wrench in the whole deal because you didn't have Hotel California on your at list all. at all. Mm. You went very hard rock metal that's, with your 10. That's, yeah. 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 Um, but, I mean, I'm looking at them, and it's like, God, one through four is, it's, for, it's splitting hairs. For me... If we're going best rock album of the past 50 years, it would be between um, Appetite and Back in Black. But that's that's not just rock. That's hard rock. I we know. didn't say best hard rock album. They all said, fit the rock. I know. I know. Just for me. For the, me. The, that's what this, I would. And then I agree with you. Because, not because you're my wife. <laughs> if you were to say best rock album in my mind and what I consider rock and in, in my definition of Hotel California could make the top five, but it wouldn't make the top one, two. But if you said best album, throw country in there, throw classical in there, I would probably be more willing to put. I mean, and that speaks to how much I think that's a great album over Appetite and ACDC. Does that make sense? Yeah. Just best album, listen, easy listening, rock and roll, country, whatever. Just best album overall. I think Hotel California's got to be in there. But that's a personal preference. So here's what I'd say. Here's what, I, here's, here's what I'll counter with. If you look up, like so many of these albums will have multiple genres mm-hmm. listed next to them. Like if you look rain. them up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Like Purple Rain. Very good example. <laughs> if you look up Hotel California, there is one genre listed. It's listed as only one genre. Does anybody want to venture a it's guess? Rock. You're correct. <laughs> it's rock. <laughs> it's exactly oh, what it is. I mean, I get it. It, it's, it was my number two. I understand. But now you want to make it number three. It did. You know how you say sometimes things move up the list? It's not even my pick. If. Beth, you're awful silent over there. What are you thinking? I'm just listening. I, You know, I'm just taking it in. I don't know what. 
I don't have much to add. I mean, other than, I mean, my rankings from where I put them on the list, I would stand, I would hold to that. Where I think Hotel California would be ahead of Appetite for Destruction. I can see how. I mean, that's where I ranked them in the first nine. But, I mean, really, I put rumors at my number one, but I could see that that as a group we're not going to go there. And that's okay. But I'm not really going to um, – I'm not going to fudge on Hotel California just yet. Because they're well, both rock albums, and well, I think Hotel California let's, is let's a better have, album. Let's have the Hotel California versus Appetite Destruction. Uh, uh, are we going to say that, those will be? Let's have that conversation. Okay. Okay. Because okay. Those, we seem to be like yeah. fighting between those two for a minute. So, and that's not necessarily to say, you know, Back in Black won't leapfrog something. But let's just, um, that seems to be the, if we were to take, if we were to scorecard these, yeah. instrumentally, they're really close. Yeah. Now, it's totally different. different. Yeah. It's yeah. very different. But is. Slash head and shoulders ahead of Don Felder and Joe Walsh on the guitar spectrum. I don't think no. so. I would say equal. Now they're so different. Now I will yeah. say, vocally, I would give Axel the edge over. Yeah. Now here's the other, but here's the thing about Hotel California. There's four lead singers. In so you've got the whole you've got a diversity of different voices. In that album, that you now the thing about Axel, Axel's got about four voices in himself. Right. Yeah. So you know, I and mean, that's, I, but I he's he's that. one tool in the toolbox. Yeah, but and those, but the harmonies are another. The harmonies are a whole other game. Tool in the toolbox. Yeah. Um, the Guns N' Roses songs don't call for. They that. don't call for that. I think on purpose. So I mean, I I think that because they couldn't. I, I don't know that they would have. Do if they could have, I'm not sure that they even would have. Well, I mean, Axel's from L.A. I mean, if you know any, you've heard of L.A. Guns, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of where he started with Tracy Guns. And that scene, it, was, it wasn't about vocals. I mean, you didn't want to have junk vocals. But it wasn't about, it wasn't about harmonies. It wasn't, it just, it wasn't. And I don't think they put enough, I mean, listen to, to, Rocket Queen, there's, there's not, I don't think there's a harmony in there at all. I mean, stylistically, they are apples and oranges. Right. But right. I would say that, you know, Axel's vocals, I would put him, he, as one person, is, it takes all four of the Eagles to mm-hmm. get to Axel. I'll give, I'll give Axel yeah, that he, much credit. He's like certified widest range. Because he is right, incredible. Right, right. Okay. Lyrically, come on, we're talking wasted time. Hotel California, New Kid in Town, The Last Resort, Pretty Maids All in a Row. Yeah, and this is a no contest lyrically. It's it's no contest lyrically. And that's not to say that there's what? no quality in the Guns N' Roses lyric, but, but the, it, the Hotel California lyrics are that good. Now, here's where the secret sauce for Guns N' Roses is the attitude and the grit. Mm-hmm. And the and and the intensity. Mm-hmm. Now I understand that's kind of an X factor, and the Eagles don't have that. No, they don't have that. But I think if you score, if you were to scorecard it, I think that putting in 
to account all of it. Lyrics, vocals, instrumentals, the whole deal. I think Hotel California would would edge it out on a scorecard. This this is where when we get to where we have a problem when we get to you think it's the best song or the best what and I and I think it's what fits the category the best I think I, but I've said this for years. Now, if we, for I'm going to tell you I right now, Appetite for Destruction is the best rock album. If we leave this conversation with the idea that Hotel California is not a rock album, yeah, that I don't, no, it's my number two, but I, I think it's not as good as Appetite. No, but you're saying that the the comment that we're think, talking about this differently based on one fits the category better is. A misconception of the category itself, I think, because we did not clarify a genre of rock. We just said rock. Are both of them rock albums? Absolutely. They're just different styles. That's your preferred we, type of I rock. Think, I think... And I actually prefer both. I mean, I love both albums. Yeah, yeah. I personally just think that Appetite is a better rock album than Hotel California is a rock album. That's... I mean, I'm one out of four. So we can... I think we're at a two, two is the problem. Yeah, we're at a two, two. So, okay, so let me ask you this. Okay, what's the better album? God, mm. I don't. I, I have a lot of trouble because if it, it, it would probably depend on the day and the mood I'm in that you're going to ask me. Okay, so let me. Is Hotel California a rock album? Yes, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you. I mean, I've probably listened to them. Equally, I mean, and I know every word, every song of every track on both of these albums. Yeah. So, and, and I would, I would, I pr- in full disclosure, I, pr- I listen to the Eagles more than Guns N' Roses because honestly, that's the only Guns N' Roses album I would oh, listen to. As far as full, but uh, I know the, the spectrum entire of their catalog, Eagles catalog. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Yeah. But I think that when we're talking about these two albums, I think that Appetite is the superior. Rock album, but again, that's just what me. the superior album or the superior rock album. Oh, well, I had Al- I had Appetite number one, Hotel <laughs> California number two. That's all I can tell you. We'll be here for all day if we we, we might have to flip a coin or something. <laughs> that's gonna be tough. Okay, can we can we nail down three and four? Yeah, it's ACDC or what? Rumors. Rumors. Because I, I feel like we're going to say ACDC and y'all are going to say rumors. That's what I feel like about to happen right here. I don't know, right uh, I, 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 I don't I, know because I, would, I don't know. I, I will say, and I said it earlier, rumors gets played around this house more than yeah. any other album. Including so, Hotel California. Including, yeah, or so, Appetite for Destruction. So I, prefer, I prefer Back in Black more than Appetite. Personally prefer it. But I, I, there's a, I under, appetite's got a certain, it's the intensity, it's the man. It's the, to me, it's yeah. the intensity, you know. Honestly, it, I would put, like he said, you know how I feel about Fleetwood Mac, and you know how I feel about rumors. I would probably put back in black above rumors. And that kind of hurts my heart well, to say a little just, bit. Now we're backwards. That's weird. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. So were you going to put rumors ahead of back in I, black? I, I've, and now you put Back in Black ahead of Rumors. Uh, yeah. So now I can we're be. on ACDC and they're on Rumors. 
I could be persuaded either way. <laughs> I'm just like, what? It's because a plot twist. Yeah, I don't <laughs> right know. there. Right, I, for I rock thought, album, that's what I would do. I if thought I were ranking when them. we had this com- when we when we said this was going to be our category for for this episode, I thought Rumors was going to be your number one pick. It. It pro- I really did. It probably got to number two at some point in there because I never wavered on my number one. Never. Is okay. Is Rumors a rock album? Yes. Okay. In, in the same way. Is, yeah. Is And Back in Black is a rock album. Yeah. So if you say they're both yes, then which one's a better album as a whole? Period. Rumors. Like what? What? <laughs> I'm not saying that the ACDC album is not a great album. I always, and we've talked about this, we fought about this. We, I always consider the category. That is the so, category. I know, but I'm just telling you. I mean, see, no, I, you're, you're, and, oh and my this, god, and <laughs> you're like, adding to the category. Now, so for me, I have, and this is one where I got, I gotta, I gotta check myself because I have never liked Fleetwood Mac. I just haven't, uh, you know, and I so didn't, I didn't, and so it's until we saw him. It's hard for me to get on a I'm going to support rumors bandwagon because I don't get it. No, I get it. To me, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like the Pink Floyd situation for me. Like, I understand that they're brilliant. I get it. But a lot of people would say that about the Eagles, too. A lot of, yeah. Yeah. You've got a friend in particular that I I I don't know. (laughs) Here's Um, my. Can I, my logic with both of these conversations, like with this one-on-one with each of these. So if you say, like, like not all squares. <laughs> oh, Lord. It was an <laughs> SAT question so, at this point. So all squares are rectangles, but rectangles are not squares, right? So if we're saying rectangle is yeah, the I, broader term. So if they both fit in rock, yeah, then we have to go back up a level. Then which is the best if they both fit the rock category, which is the best album, period. It's to the point that I'm having trouble answering that question because they're so different. And on different days, I like different things for different moods, and I have trouble with that. And so this I don't was know. The, this was Why the same I? conversation we had back, what, yeah. I don't know, when we had our blow-up or whatever. Yeah. You know, once we said that this these these albums fit the category well now it's what's the best album and well and i told me hotel california and i told y'all before we started that i always figure in the category if i'm not very consistent on a lot of stuff but i'm consistent on that where that is in the category that is there's only one other place you can go you can't drill down because we didn't say hard rock albums we didn't say Specific kind of rock. Right. So you have to, at this point, which is, I guess, it's in my opinion, different from the last conversation we had in some ways. But, like. Like, if we just said, you, what's the bet now? Because, and this is where a lot of people that don't know about genres, there's a difference between rock and rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. And so if we just said, what's the best rock and roll album? I'd be like, okay, I understand why you might drop the Eagles down a little bit, or I understand yeah. how rumors might get dropped down, but we didn't say the best rock and roll album. Uh-huh. We said the best rock album. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just telling you I, that. And we have I already determined, we have already than... determined, we agree, right, that Hotel California is a rock album. Yes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then the question is, is it better than album XYZ. 
Well, yeah, well, obviously, I mean, I put Appetite number one and Hotel California number two, so obviously I thought Appetite was a better album. No, you thought it was a better rock album. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought it was... I, <laughs> Appetite was my number one, no questions asked, period. So that's... I, I started ranking things past that when I things moved in and out of my top five after Appetite. So okay, so I feel right. like we'll get. We'll I had get Appetite more. number three. You had Appetite number three. Number three. You had Appetite number one. You had Appetite number one. They all, we're split two to two on this, and I'm willing to just say on the law of averages. Because, like, you didn't have Hotel California at all, even though I think it is a travesty of justice. <laughs> <laughs> Just the numbers, yeah. Based on one of them wasn't one of them was in everybody's top three. That's true. And one of them didn't even make a list. Right. So I mean, I'm. Because otherwise we're going to be sitting here bickering about it for the next forty-five minutes. It's already a super sad. So I would, episode, I would, yeah. I would say on on the basis of that, appetite should go to number one, even though I think it's wrong. But I will potentially throw hands to put Hotel California number two over Back in Black. Oh, oh I would think so. <laughs> well, I mean, it was my number two. I can't, I can't I'm argue with, with you it. much. All right, so now where we're at is Back in Black versus Rumors. And I'm, come on. <laughs> it's far and away, musically, vocal. I mean, it's different vocals, different kind of vocals, and I'm not saying the vocals are not good. Far and away, the vocals on Fleetwood Mac are better. The They're different. They, they are, different. are different. And I'll, I, full disclosure, I had Rumors number three and Back in Black number four. That's how I had it. So if y'all want to just do the math. I ha- well, I had Back fine. in Black number four and Rumors number six. You had Back in Black number number two. Number two. And Rumors was number five. Where did you did you have back? You did not have Back in Black. No, and I had Rumors at number one. Oh gosh, Monkey Ranch, Monkey Ranch. Yeah. So um, happy on Monkey Ranch. I love you, Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> It's easier. Here, it's easier. Can 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 I say something that's going to upset probably half our viewers? Um, I think, and this is one where Sean's going to be like that Homer Simpson meme, you know, where he kind of backs, backs into the into the into the bushes. He's got. I got to go to bed with her tonight. I think that rumors really speaks to women who have had bad relationships <laughs> at some point in their lives or they have been scorned or they've been upset I except think it, the dude wrote half the I know, songs but on i the just album. i think i think the album speaks because you have women love stevie nicks love stevie nicks so like, so like, i don't actually how, love stevie nicks. i do how I mean, many cool but how many people do you know have said stevie nicks is my spirit animal <laughs> How many went? It's on I, Facebook. I guess a lot of, I mean, yeah, a people, lot do. of people do that. How I do many have a painting of her? How in my many office. guys? How many guys say, "I really dig that Lindsey Buckingham." <laughs> but you know okay. that Lindsey so Buckingham. The reason I say that is I really do think that Fleetwood Mac 
lends itself more to one gender than the other. And ACDC doesn't? Oh. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that okay, you, you may have a point. <laughs> or no, that Angus Young and his schoolboy. You, may, Man, you I may have really a point. Dig that. Angus Young is my spirit animal. <laughs> but, you know, hey, hey, now, <laughs> girls dig the... The metal guys, don't they? Don't they? Isn't that a thing? The, not these. Let's, yeah, let's, we're going on a case-by-case case basis here. <laughs> Those goat horns aren't doing it for let's you, huh? Let's not make no. a blanket statement. <laughs> 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 oh, she got you there. Okay, yeah, I didn't. I, I just Googled. Uh-oh. So most, be, most albums sold so it must be true. between the two. Okay. They're pretty close. Okay. Rumors is forty million, and Back in Black's fifty million. It's too. I mean, that's you know, that's too close to say one is definitely worldwide that much bigger than the other. Listen, I don't. They were my three and four, and I could go either way. So I'm, I'm. I don't know. I feel strongly about it, but it is <laughs> it is going to be what it's going to be. I'm one person. Okay. Well, now you, but you didn't have Back in Black, so I mean, no. Theoretically. We could use the same process for this that we did yeah. for the listeners with Hotel California. Yeah, what? so they're not sitting in their car for yeah. five hours on this episode. So if we use the same, if we use if we use the same rationale, if we use the same rationale to to that we used to put Appetite number one and Hotel California number two to move rumors up to number three and ACDC back to number four, we do two things. Number one, we stay consistent with that process. Number two, we move up one of those hard rock albums and we move down one of those hard rock albums. We move up one of those kind of folk rock bands. We move down one of those kind of folk rock bands. And so it's kind of like it's fair to everybody and to every genre. Literally that entire top five, you can't, nobody can complain about that. That that top four would be exactly my original top four if that's what we did. So, um, oh, well, well, let me write it down. I had, I had physical graffiti number two for me. Oh. You know, that was the one. Um, and I do think it was. At least the fifth best album that we listen. To. <laughs> I don't like mumbling. <laughs> I don't like mumbling on my album. Ah, okay. <laughs> Which is why I like Nevermind more than Pearl Jam. I gotta go. Uh, it's less mumbly. <laughs> what, what, what's the That's list? The I gotta statement. go kick and stretch. Top okay. five. Here right. we go. Final ranking: best rock albums of the last fifty years, nineteen seventy-three to two thousand three. Number one. Twenty-three. 2023. Math. Maths. Maths are hard. Uh, Number one, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. Two, Hotel California, The Eagles. Three, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Five, Back in Black, ACDC, and Van Halen by Van Halen. All right. We want to thank everybody for listening. This has been the Musicalist Podcast, bringing you the best album since 1973, the last 50 years. If you like the content you heard today and you stuck around for the full show, we would love for you to go Give us a like uh, on your favorite podcast listening platform. Leave us a review if possible, and if it's positive. If it's not, go leave a review for somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) But otherwise, leave us a positive review. We want to thank you all for listening, and we will be right back with you two weeks from today. Soda creams and a bathroom I can play baseball in and a king size. T-
joining us on the Music List Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. She almost had it. <laughs>